0: All right, everybody, here we are. It's time for Game Boys to Men. I'm Jeff Gerstmann, joined by Glenn Rubenstein. Happy holidays, Glenn. So good to
1: see you. Happy holidays to you as well. And today, we get to discuss something very near and dear to our hearts.
0: Yes. uh, it's it's, It's a holiday miracle, I think, for both of us that we get to sit here and discuss. The soundtrack to the film Judgment Night, released September 14th, 1993. Uh, this is. I feel like if you were uh, if you were trying to craft if you were trying to put together one of those images that was like '90s white rapper starter kit, it would be a picture of uh, the, it would be the Walk This Way video, and then it would be the Judgment Night soundtrack, and then like a kangle and a microphone or something, you know, like like <laughs> it's really complete. The I could go get my I could go get my kangle. Um, I own many of them. I just have the one, uh, I, it's a bucket hat. I like that hat. It's not purple, I mean, but, uh, yeah, you know, I was
1: gonna say. unfortunately, now, th- I mean, this, this soundtrack was huge, so we're getting a head start on celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Judgment Night soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, disclaimer, this is not going to be one of those videos where we play songs and you just watch us bopping our head and going, oh, snap, did they just do that?
0: No, we well, know that we know that they did that. We've listened to this a lot. There's no oh, oh snap moments left in this.
1: Cause... There was so much head bopping this weekend as mm. I listened to the soundtrack on repeat, and then I had to ruin it last night by watching the movie Judgment Night, which was a biggest bad mistake
0: you could have made. I I did not see the movie until probably like 15 years ago, something like that. So, you know, like I, I did not see it when it was new. I did not see it in the context of this soundtrack or anything. It was one of those things where you're like, I, you know, it was 93. Dennis Leary was hot. Yeah. And so on some level it was like, Oh yeah, maybe this, this sounds good. But like, I, nothing about that movie ever looked all that appealing to me as much as I like Emilio Estevez, like, like the, the cast in it seemed Era Everlast. appropriate, yeah. Everlast is
1: acting in this film, yeah. That's the uh, connection,
0: right? Um, and and but yeah, nothing about this movie seemed all that, even in spite of loving the soundtrack, there was never even a thing like, well, I'd love to see how the soundtrack is used in the movie. Like, I can't even remember they now because it's been so long. So th- they it's don't,
1: bar- it's barely in, it's like literally in little snippets and playing on radios. And it's, I mean, it's so I'm trying to think. Of a, of a less detached soundtrack to a movie. Right. Um, I mean, the credits, the, you know, the opening and maybe the end, they play De La Soul and Teenage Fan Club doing Fallen. A um, mm-hmm. little bit of Another Body Murdered is over the end credits. But no, I, for people that don't know, so the idea of this movie is uh, four friends are going to Chicago to watch a boxing match. They rent an RV. They take a wrong turn. They essentially witness a murder And then Dennis Leary, Everlast, uh, and and uh, the the two other uh, uh, criminals like chase them through Chicago, and uh, it's it's like a it's like a dark version of Adventures in Babysitting, but (laughs) without any of the charm.
0: Yeah, Um, and Emilio Estevez is up on the roof with a shotgun shooting dishes, and (laughs) yeah.
1: It's don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, Jeff. You're you're, oh, you're confusing man. your Keith Coogan babysitter. God damn, movies. man. He re, he re, Keith really had a lock on that. But no, I think uh, it's a movie that probably was a lot grittier. I'm sure it was pitched in the late '80s when it was written as like yuppie Deliverance. Um, sure, but the end yeah. result is just very watered down. And Dennis Leary as the bad guy. This was the ranting dude on MTV, and now he's supposed to be the homicidal like Irish crime lord right uh, yeah, and they don't really they don't really weird.
0: play into like the the thing that got him there in the first place like the thing that made him famous like it's not like like demolition man i feel like at least yes. had that moment of just like all right we recognize dennis leary is popular for uh like monologuing so we're gonna let him do that here he talks I, a little I, shit like yeah, but, uh, but not like yeah it's not like it's not gonna like, like, like i don't remember for sure but like it's it's not like a full-on dentist leary like rant or whatever right and it's
1: not funny i mean it's, yeah. there's a time when he's ranting about you know all oh, you north shore guys come here yada yada and it's just like okay dude like this isn't not really well thought out but the movie uh soundtrack was as jeff said i mean this was like the nexus of taking hip-hop and heavy metal and combining them into a new genre of music. So the history of rap and rock. I mean, a lot of people know. I mean, obviously, Run DMC had Rock Box. Yeah. Uh, Beastie Boys had No Sleep to Brooklyn. Now, it's interesting. I don't know if you know this, but people are like Aerosmith and Run DMC. Walk This Way. That was the first rap rock crossover. And actually, I, I think I found the first one that predated that, which was mm-hmm. John Lydon, Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols, and yeah. Africa Mabata doing World Destruction, okay. which is uh, just a banger of a song very very good very good mix of hip-hop and like punk rock uh, it's got like the basically the hey mickey drum beat going over the whole thing okay yeah it really slaps um, i mean you
0: could even if you really i mean it's not metal or anything but you could probably slot blondie into that whole mix somewhere <laughs> why, why is
1: rapture always have to be the you know rap surge in the conversation then you listen to rapture at the end yeah. and then fab five freddy and then just turn it off from there it's right. all downhill
0: Yeah. From there. Uh, There's, did you ever see it's the infomercial that the Black Eyed Peas did? uh, It's the fake infomercial for like, learn hip hop. And it's like, it's like all these people going, like, hip hop saved my marriage and like all this other stuff. And there's like, learn how to freestyle. And it's got this woman doing like this, you know, Russian kind of Eastern European thing. And she's like, you're looking at flashcards and trying to freestyle. And it just reminds me of Rapture because it's like such nonsense. But, like, that, I don't know, that was, like, what? That was, like, the Upper East Side fucking art kid scene of yeah. just, like, we're just gonna say whatever, man. Like, you know, like, that was before anyone was really putting any thought into their fucking rhymes anyway, so...
1: Yeah, I can't really it, blame
0: Blondie for... I can't really blame Rapture for being fucking stupid.
1: The KRS-One version of Rapture is pretty dope, though. Mm. Step into a mm. world. That's, yeah, yeah, that, is pretty good. Good. Yeah, that pretty is pretty good. good. Yeah, that is pretty good. Um, But no, man, so when this happened... The precursor to this, so a guy named Happy Walters uh, managed Cypress Hill, Soul Assassin, Cypress Hill, House of Pain, Funk Dubious. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, we were spared Funk Dubious having a collaboration with, like, the Screaming Trees on the Judgment Night soundtrack.
0: I would have taken it. It would have been some weird song about porno. I'm Duby the porno king. Come in, the movies great.
1: (laughs) Funk Dubious is like dollar store Cypress Hill
0: yeah and and it's like they i i recently re-listened to a lot of funk dubious <laughs> it was just Why? like this thing I, you, dude don't fucking come at me. you were the one who fucking liked funk dubious <laughs> i don't I sit he, here and th- you had those records like no this is good no he was like he was in cypress hill and then he's on one of the tracks but then he left and did this other stuff and no you need to listen to that you were the one pushing it then
1: i liked um what's the 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 version the, of put your head out the womp bop Bomb the one yeah. with uh Everlast and be real like the 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 Soul Assassins posse cut.
0: Oh, okay, it's so like the remix or, or yeah. something. Like yeah.
1: That was good. Bow wow wow was ev- bow wow wow was everywhere for, for about for like oh, a like summer, a, or, yeah. yeah, or like a like,
0: a month or something. yeah. It was like I what just, like the funkiest. Is that the other one?
1: The funkiest actually is pretty dope. The breakdown the 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 breakdown in that song is pretty. Pretty good, but no. I mean, look, Sun Dubious—it's a copy of a copy. Like you listen to it, and you're just like, okay, they're the franchise. Yeah,
0: like he couldn't—he could not have been in Cypress Hill because people would have been like, why are there two B reels in Cypress Hill, and one is not as good as the other?
1: Oh, look, I mean, we were all into questionable music yeah. in the '90s, but I have this memory. I was doing, uh, and we talk about this for for anyone that doesn't know on the Patreon podcast. We do Game Boys to Men. Yeah. I was doing consulting for Galoob at a mall in San Jose. And I remember being like 16 years old, I guess 17, cause it was summer 93. And I remember, uh, you know, blunts were all the rage. Yes. And, I, and I was like, I got to figure out how to get me some, some tobacco, so some blunts, uh, so you know, and then I'll get the marijuana and I'll smoke the blunt. And I remember I was at a mall with Galoob and I went into a pipe store, like a tobacco store. And I mm-hmm. remember saying, like, my father's birthday is coming up. Can you perhaps <laughs> recommend some? And they sold me like like some pipes and a bunch. Of, I bought like fifty dollars worth of pipe tobacco. <laughs> and I remember driving home from San Jose, smoking a pipe, listening to <laughs> to the funk.
0: Ah, uh, yes this is this is why they had to outlaw all flavored tobacco this year. This is they finally got around to it. They heard this story back then, and they're like, we've gotta get kids can't buy backwoods anymore we've we've gotta we've gotta get all this blunt wraps all this other stuff out of here. no <sighs> flavored anything
1: um, um but so so soul assassins uh owned hip hop for a brief period of time with uh these three bands really too, i mean
0: you know really just cypress hill and house of pain funk dubious was not uh, not a was major that factor there was that summer okay no.
1: but uh the boom Shalock Lock boom shamrocks and shenanigans house of pain their second single this was their follow up to jump around they had a remix that was done by butch vig and his studio cohorts um a lot of people don't know this it's the band garbage before they were the band garbage right um did the music on shamrocks and shenanigans and uh this was the theme of our radio show in 93 that we had.
0: Yep. Yeah. The, um, the rock remix of boom, shallock, lock, so boom, uh, was the, was the theme to at the controls, the radio show.
1: We covered this in our bands, uh, we did. Yes. For a period of time. Yeah. Um, do you remember, oh my God, this whole, I mean, also I can, I can, I can, uh, we could almost do a separate episode, just breaking down the lyrics to shamrocks and shenanigans. Yeah. Um, but do you remember was it you or was it Mike Headley? that one time at a show or a practice when they got to the uh because because I bring doom and I think it was Hedley that actually busted out a 3.5 inch floppy with that doom was not on me it. that was not I me I would know Hedley. better
0: that that's the Mike would have done that Mike would have definitely done that I mm.
1: <laughs> that was like a master like like you know he was planning that you know he yeah. had that and he was yes. just like they get to the I bring doom I got the boom and he was and he's gonna bust out the floppy
0: yeah that's Oh boy. I think that was like the, when we were, when we were rapping, that was the one song I knew the lyrics to the songs that we had written. I had to have paper for the first, what's like six months or something like that. Cause I basically like refused to learn. I was like, this is not going to last. So I'm not going to bother to learn. And I was never like that great at memorization until that crust punk band ripped all the papers out of my hand while we were playing. And then magically I just knew the lyrics. It worked out actually
1: wow. like it's like a moment in a movie.
0: It was. Yeah. It was, it was a real like fucking push him into the deep end thing. These stinky ass fucking Mohawk punk guy going. Ah, ha, ha. And then I just kept going and so I wasn't going to let him win. God damn it.
1: Oh, according to genius, uh, Danny boys lyric, it ain't no thing. My caught ring. I have seen my Cardinal ring. My cardon don't ring my claw ring.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's how to the all the time. That is, and that's a brand. Is that a? Is that a? It's a, a traditional Irish ring. ring. Yeah, okay. Represents
1: yeah. love, loyalty, and friendship.
0: I feel like I have looked that up before and been like, hmm, uh, and and immediately forgotten it and been like, I don't know what the fuck he's saying there. God damn it, Danny Boy. And Get in off the, original, the drugs.
1: In the original version, in the remix, uh, uh, Everlast said, "You make me sick like strawberry quick," and then in the re-recording, said, "You make me sick like DJ quick."
0: Yeah. Yeah, they were they were they were beefing everlast and mc8 however never teamed up to release any kind of like uh, collab diss track on dj quick all that stuff got squashed along the way somewhere but
1: um yeah. uh, so before you listen to the judgment night soundtrack and that's the thing is we're not going to be bopping our heads feel free to pause this and just go and listen to the songs and then we'll discuss the songs yeah. it'll be like we were right there with you bopping our heads along with you
0: exactly rocking out to it yeah uh, um, But
1: listen to shamrocks and shenanigans the butch vig remix first
0: yeah and then if you want something that i think probably uh, took place several years after this but is is constantly linked in my mind the rock remix of uh and delinquentes
1: oh yeah that was
0: on the bulletproof soundtrack
1: yeah that wasn't that much longer yeah uh, oh man that's that song yeah. delinquentes, was everywhere yeah, for like that a song summer.
0: was fucking everywhere yeah uh And then that ended up on, I think it was on like more soundtracks than just, uh, it was in more movies than it was on soundtracks. I want to say it, it found its way into other things, but, um, but yeah, so this, this judgment night soundtrack, I mean, really, it's a theme soundtrack, which I don't know that I had ever really seen before, but it was this whole thing of like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to pair up bands with hip hop acts and have them create a, a full fucking soundtrack. And, um, It was pretty mind-blowing, I think, even at the time. And I think it it created a lot of connective tissue, I think, for people that went on to start bands with live bands and rapping in them. Like, I I bet that this would be... This is 93, right? So when does a band like Limp Biscuit get off the ground? That's like...
1: 97 in jacksonville i think 96 yeah. or 97 in jacksonville and then uh actually maybe maybe short even closer after this and i think about it because no the the record Cause they were came out the
0: local act for a while and then the record started coming out like was like 96 somewhere in that yeah in that I guess vein. so faith
1: would have been pardon me faith would have been end of 97 so no i guess they probably i mean fred durst literally got this record and then started to ban the next day
0: I I would not like that. If you told me that was the origin story of that, I would not be shocked at all because I feel like the strength of this. And I I feel like there's a real like, wow. Okay. Because I think a lot of the, the technology end of recording and all of this other stuff was really changing in the years following this in a way that democratized like home recording even further. But like, I think people were better set up to, yeah, people were still better set up to like record instruments Than they were to just like, I have a PC and I'm going to make Mm -hmm. hip hop beats like that. That wasn't, we started doing that in, you know, what, 95, 96, and it was not easy.
1: I Um, mean, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that in some future Game Boys Men episodes, but no, you had close micing technique got really perfected. You had the eight at like it was much more accessible than it used to be to make a record. You didn't need like a two inch tape, you know, in a, in a drum room. Um, right. But so Happy Walters, the manager of uh, Soul Assassins of this this crew, he had this idea. Everlast had been cast in the movie, and he said, "Let's do this soundtrack that brings together these these two very complementary demographics of hip hop uh, and heavy metal, or mm-hmm. hard rock, or however you want to classify it." Yeah. And I remember, I remember at the time when I was consulting for Spectrum Holbyte, we were working on that music video game project I wanted to do. So I got Spectrum right. to get me a a uh subscription to billboard magazine which at the time hmm. was like 300 a year yeah 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 um and I, I remember being so stoked to get every issue of billboard and i remember they announced it there that it was like okay here's this high concept merging of metal and hip-hop we think this is going to be huge they planned and i checked this never actually happened but they said we're going to have a huge concert on MTV, uh-huh. that's going to be hosted by Fab Five Freddy and uh, from Urban TV Raps and Ricky Ratman from Headbangers Ball. MTV's going to be all in on this. Like yeah. the the marketing hype of this in the quote unquote trades was what originally got me interested in it because I remember reading that early summer '93, and by the time this came out in September, I mean I was I was there, you know, at Warehouse Records, like the morning this came out, ready to get it. After I think I heard the. The house of pain helmet single the the track opener i think i heard that right or uh first um although it was weird on the cassette tape the order is different on the cassette oh tape. really huh yeah on the cassette tape uh cypress Hill and sonic youth is first but oh weird they must have had to balance track out listing, track
0: yeah. lengths or something but yeah yeah
1: it opens and closes with cypress Hill on the uh cassette but we're going to talk about the spotify the cd
0: yeah version canonical
1: uh, yes um version but this was huge man and i remember seeing the trailer and it's funny how you think about your teenage mind like you never buy into the hype of marketing as much as i do but i remember it was like judgment night this is gonna be the soundtrack the movie this is gonna be insane like yeah i think i was there for the movie opening day and very dis- <laughs> then that, and my disappointment in that is why i didn't watch it again till last night
0: right like, yeah i bet yeah no it, it's not it's not a good movie like, It's really not point blank it it's just the uh, the the only thing of any kind of lasting like the soundtrack I think like stands the test of time in a lot of oh, ways.
1: I mean, so but, much. In fact, the soundtrack I think has only gotten better. I think when we first heard it, it was very much um, the you know you got peanut butter, in my chocolate, chocolate, in my peanut butter reaction. Sure. Um, but over time, now you look at it, and it's this this was this was the blueprint that laid it out yep. there, and it really we talked about anthrax and public enemies bring the noise on a mm-hmm. previous game boys to men. That sounds messy now by comparison.
0: I, I didn't like it then yeah. because I like the original public enemy song. And so yeah. like hearing that, it was just like, all right, you went and fucked it up. Like, it's not like, I, I didn't think it was especially good performance for man. Anth- Cause yeah, it, it's, it's, it is very messy. It is really all over the place in a way that almost it, it almost comes off like a novelty song, mm. you know, like, look at this, look at this, look at what we're doing the same way. I'm the man did. Which I I did like. I'm the man. That yeah, was purposefully so uh, the arena. exactly this this felt like they were like no now we're gonna do it for real. And it's like no you do not have the, you don't have the chops to do this. Like it's you don't you can't rap well enough to like go tell your funny jokes and scratch your fucking Sam Kinison records and get the fuck out of here.
1: Yeah. Um. um so let's dive in and talk yeah. about these track by track. The opener and it's interesting that Helmet, the the noise rock artistic uh, punk band i don't know it's how even have a genre i mean you're you're not you're not a big helmet guy I no
0: I'm, I'm not a big helmet guy um weirdly enough but uh yeah this is you know probably the only helmet song i've ever heard unless they had something in the early rock band i know a couple of yeah what a couple of these bands one? did but um yeah but unsung yeah.
1: was their their big yeah uh,
0: unsung that was in track i was in one of the guitar heroes i want to say
1: and they have more melodic songs. It's actually interesting. And by the way, I, I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos and listen to podcasts, and I sometimes cringe when people get the facts wrong of things. So I, I just want a disclaimer that a lot of this is based on our memory with a little bit of research
0: yep. to back yeah. it up. A cursory glance, but mostly a re-listen and going, yeah, fuck yeah, all right.
1: and the like, things yes, I, remember I couldn't tell you a goddamn hearing. thing about
0: Helmet. Um,
1: um, Alex, really into Helmet. Alex and Mara, really into Helmet.
0: Sure, I bet i like. think this
1: was, i think i uh copied the helmet cd off ah. in the mid 90s um but
0: this was i mean you know this this was to me you know 93 this is going to be house of pain kind of at or around the height of their power uh
1: yeah between records
0: I yeah think. between records and and with a much harder Backing this track, I think is, is really interesting because they split it into two halves. Whereas a lot of the other ones are like more full on blends of the styles. This one starts out more.
1: It's a helmet song. Yeah, it's, it's a helmet song. And, and then three minutes of helmet. helmet.
0: Yeah, and then literally halfway through it stops and a drum machine kicks in and then it becomes a very much a house of pain sounding track. And it's I think it's a really strong opener that way because it kind of showcases the two sides of kind of what's to come in complimentary ways. Like there is a little bit of the house of pain style in the early parts. And there's quite a bit of the helmet style in the later parts. And they, I think both of those, either end of that could have been stretched out into a full length song and worked pretty well. Um, but it's interesting when they, they basically like stop kicking the drum machines and then here's a verse from Everlast. Um, or two or two verses from Everlast, right? Two verses.
1: Yes. And, uh, there's a video online of Everlast performing this with helmet and Everlast Mm. forgets the lyrics at one point.
0: Yeah, you know it's uh you know it's it's not something he performs every night like a lot of this other stuff. I wouldn't be too shocked. That...
1: Um, and also this track. So it's interesting because Helmet the the hook of this song is phenomenal, and I think that's the the hook is almost the best blend of the two styles in this. Mm-hmm. Um, good stuff in the verse. Great if you are not familiar with the House of Pain style. Uh, as opposed to Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill would have B-Real say something in the chorus, then Sendog would repeat it. Yeah. House of Pain style is Everlast says a line, and then Danny Boyth on, on the 15th or 16th note, <laughs> right before, repeats, almost as like echo reverb, Yeah, what Everlast says. And I can hear in my head just reading it, where, you know, because uh, uh, now you know, because you're John Doe. Doe. Oh. In a bag yeah. and you're to- Toe. <laughs> like, yeah. Danny Boy, Danny Boy is the secret weapon of House of Pain.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think we have said it before on Game Boy Cement, Men that you know, Danny Boy. I think I would have appreciated more of his input or more performance from him on those first couple of House of Pain records. Um, it's why I sought out the fucking. I don't know if it ever got a proper release, but the X Supermodels, yes, EP, like where it's Danny Boy and some other fucking guy. Like, yeah, it, it's yeah. I too it,
1: had Napster in the
0: late 90s oh i found a much higher quality version of that more recently That you know this you don't need to you don't need your weird 112 and codes anymore um yeah it, it's uh yes yeah, danny boy is is there with you know it's almost like a greg nice style kind of nice and smooth where greg nice would just do it to himself or he would mm. repeat himself in a way or or go over and, and re-record his own kind of ad libs or, or i guess that's that's what everyone kind of does nowadays is just do their own ad libs but Danny boy was there to do him live. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a great track. This is, I, I think this fits right in with the rest of the house of pain catalog. And, and I think it is probably one of my favorite house of pain tracks. And uh,
1: what's funny is that thematically this soundtrack references, maybe some themes of the movie, but this is not. Lose yourself with you know a drop of uh, no Mackay Pfeiffer. No, but everlasting. The second verse says feeling like De Niro and Taxi Driver with Jodie Foster and Harvey Keitel. He's just running down the cast list of other yeah, movies. Yeah, it's just
0: like an extended conversation with you know like Taxi Driver with Jodie Foster and Harvey Keitel. <laughs> Albert
1: Brooks <laughs> looks Silly like you walk through a living hell. You know, yeah, Silly yeah. It's... Shepard when she was younger.
0: Remember? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taxi Driver. You ever see it? You should go watch that instead of this fucking mess.
1: Actually, okay. So let me tell you. I saw Taxi Driver because of this song. <laughs> I never seen Taxi Driver before. So we get yeah. seventeen. Remember, I was on my Taxi Driver kick for like a week.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a we'll little. Discuss, uh,
1: we'll discuss that when we get yeah. to you know the uh, future. I guess. Episodes. I guess
0: you did reference Taxi Driver in a rap at one point. Also, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. Entirely. Of course. Taxi Driver because of this song. Uh, and then he says, because I'm gifted, I read Sun Tzu. I admit, I bought a copy of Sun Tzu also after this, All and right, browsed through it, and was just like, this seems kind of obvious. Everlast, yeah. is it really a brag that you read, The Art of War by Sun Tzu?
0: Right, yeah. It's like kind of top of the list. Like, yeah, It's it's like 50 Cent, talking about it. No, the 50 Laws of Power. The 50 Laws, because I'm 50 Cent. Cause yeah. <laughs> but um, it's
1: good. I mean, the way that later hip-hop was obsessed with Scarface, everlast was obsessed <laughs> with sun tzu
0: right well yeah or, or or taxi driver which i think is very on <laughs> brand for like what what movies would house of pain be into it'd be like yeah taxi driver at the pope of greenwich village Not no me yeah, yeah a you little know? bit yeah that stuff too I and mean, i feel like if, if there had been a if they had been more prolific in that era you would have probably had those movies come up <laughs> as well
1: It's amazing. Later on, it
0: would have been talking about like Kiss of Death or something like that. Like, yeah, you see that movie? Nicolas Cage can't put the metal in in his mouth. No,
1: wait, remember at the beginning, Nicolas Cage, when he's killing Michael Rappaport, is putting Mm -hmm. on the House of Pain record. Yeah. And like (laughs) quoting it. Like going on. It's a great Uh, movie. But this style of rap, I do have to admit I like this though, because the Beastie Boys and certainly us and other hip-hop will just name drop a movie but i like the yeah. house of pain when degrade their details They're, they should have kept with this gimmick i want an entire oh, yeah. album of just movies that everlast watched yep and just talking about details and like uh you know john debont was the cinematographer of Die Hard, and that's really the reason why it looks so good <laughs> like, well let's just really, really really get into it you know i
0: think you this- know i used to hang out with someone who was in the movie set it off and now here's three verses about that thanks everlast
1: Everlast watches a lot of movies.
0: Yeah, he's got the time.
1: He's got the tales, yeah. you know?
0: That's um, how he came up with uh something as inventive as La Coca Nostra. I was like you see those mafia movies? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some. Here's a list of them and then just like, you know, freestyles the whole thing and an ill I, I, bill I, and I, goes, mm-hmm.
1: "Speaking of which, uh I had to send you the link to this. Everybody go on YouTube Kings of Quarantine look up there's a cover of just another victim and it's like people from mastodon sick of it all uh slain from nakoko nostra does a verse on this like we were talking about this off the air like it there regardless of what you think of the performance there's so much joy in watching all of these metal guys yeah that you could tell like this was their soundtrack growing up and now they're covering this song
0: yeah there, there's a there's there is an excitement that comes off of that a little bit you're like oh yeah like i i yeah i'm I was not super into it, but also I was like, "Yeah, no, that's cool that they're super into this." Like, um, that's why Jeff and I will be doing a
1: quarantine project, remote recording, that's right. covering every song from. That's right, the covering everything. Yes.
0: yeah, sure, yes. Just it's just uh, we're except for "Come and Die," we're gonna skip that one. Um, L <laughs> A LA ninety two. I can say that pretty well, so I think we'll be okay. Uh, I you know they, they they really kind of they almost start the show with a showstopper here. I think there's powerful stuff later on, but like, this is probably still my favorite track off of really. Yeah. Um, there's one other one that comes close, but, but this is the the helmet and house of paint track is probably like, if I'm just listening to one or two songs off of the soundtrack, that is definitely one of them for sure.
1: And maybe maybe this was a mistake in that they front-loaded it so strong because then we go from this to De La Soul and Teenage Fan Club featuring a a sample of Tom Petty doing Mm -hmm. Fallen. Um, Yeah. I mean, man, this song I liked when the soundtrack first came out. Now I I fucking love this song.
0: It's great. It's
1: so good. So this is like... How are you? This is like the first sort of chill. This is probably the first acoustic rap.
0: This I mean, would have this come before. Sometimes I rhyme slow, which I understand. Not. I mean, that's a sample, but it's you yeah. Know, well, it, I
1: mean, and there was the MTV unplugged famously with LL. Yeah, yeah. Telling everyone to leave that crack alone. Um, with and the most,
0: off. yeah, the most fucking visible underarm deodorant known to man, just caked on. He needed it. He was sweating up there.
1: <sighs> Love that special.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, this track's great, you know, and and I think if you think about De La Soul, 93, you know, the kind of the, the... When you hear De La Soul talk about their career and talk about the things that they had to do to... Whether it was, like, stay on their label or keep making music or just, you know, they keep making the music they wanted to make. And, you know, you hear Prince Paul talk about it a lot. You know, I, I feel like they're... They were struggling to be themselves in an industry that really didn't want that. And so this track about, like rappers that fell off or realizing like, Oh man, like we're, our careers falling apart and uh, the drum pro programmer wore a kangle, and like all this kind of cliche hip hop stuff. And, and, uh, I think it's a really interesting piece in their kind of overall story. Uh, even if it's not necessarily autobiographical, I think there's just like, there's elements of like the De La Soul story that I think are at least somewhat represented here.
1: I don't remember this music video ever getting shown in the nineties. Have you seen the video for this? No, I've not. Okay. So you need to check out the video. Everyone needs to check out the video. Cause if you know anything about De La Soul, like I, I almost like, had like tears in my eyes and how brilliant this was. They start the song and they're in a classroom meant to be like the classroom from me, myself and I, Yeah, but it's like blue lighting. I mean, so it really sets this tone where, like you said, it puts their career in perspective and yeah. how they're presenting it. Like, this music video is just as a concept is great. And uh, there's uh, some allusions to uh, blind melons, no rain in mm. the style of it, of what they're doing. Um, yeah. Like this song is really good. Amazing lyrics, amazing flow in this. Yeah. I mean, just amazing vibe. Uh, and it's it funny. It's,
0: they, they fit together. So well, like the, and I, I could not name another fucking teenage fan club song. I remember they were kind of around then, but I, you know,
1: Yes. yes, Teenage Fan Club would have, been, you would have uh, mocked me as listed. Like, what is this pretentious alternative yeah. rock shit right. that you're listening to? Oh, you're really into the Manchester set now, are you? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. like t- Teenage Fan Club. I can safely say, at the time, would have not been your jam.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and but yeah, I I think that that, that they. They provide a fucking very solid background for for this song. Like it, it all fits together. Like maybe in in some ways, this feels like the most like well realized track on the entire record. Of just like no, this all this all fits together. Like they are creating together. They are creating a single vibe, as opposed to like the helmet and house of pain, which again like feels almost deliberately cut in the mid. It, not almost is literally cut in the yeah. middle. Between the two styles, this is the exact opposite of that. It was like, this feels like everyone was in the studio together and came up with this.
1: The record... I don't think this record wouldn't... I think you and I would still love this record. This record would not have been as influential if the entire album were songs like Just Another Victim, where yeah. it was, here's a rock song, and now here's a guest verse in the breakdown.
0: Yeah, no, that that would have... You know, like, there, there's a certain... You know, because remember, this is 93, like, we're not too far, you know, like, like Onyx and some of the other stuff. Like, there was some very much some fucking hard-hitting fucking hip-hop that, you know, you, you it makes a lot of sense Um, when kind of juxtapositioned with, with metal and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But, like, yeah, a whole album of it wouldn't have worked. Like, you needed range, and and this, this provides a lot of that range.
1: I don't know that this is my favorite song on the record. This is the best song on the record. Like, just from... Sure. Every, and I guarantee you, this is the, even if you don't like metal or uh, hard rock or alternative rock, like everybody, there's something for everybody to like in this song.
0: Yeah, I I think if this came out, you know, closer, you know, if if this came out more recently, no one would bat an eye at it because it's one of those things that just like stylistically, you'd be like, oh yeah, no, that that type of music exists now. But it didn't then.
1: Actually, I think this this song could be a number one hit now, if this came out now. Hey, Maybe. Um, because I think it's got such uh, massive crossover potential, but mm. it's funny that um, then at the end, and it still takes me out of it, but in a good way. When then they start just dropping the lyrics to "Daisy Duke" <laughs> at the
0: outro. Yes. <laughs>
1: Which is, just, I mean, it, it that goes to show we were guilty of this too when we were doing music. How mm-hmm. you forget sometimes that things that are really funny in the moment. Are going to be recorded forever, and it's. I love I think this still this. works now.
0: <laughs> yeah. It
1: does, but it's also you almost have to explain this to somebody now. That look, we had a lot of weird novelty uh, Miami bass songs. Yeah, at this era, that was, what was popular. Daisy Dukes. Yeah.
0: Oh um, yeah, they should got Deuce on this record. <laughs> like Deuce, and like what? The presidents of the United States of America? Like who, you know, who were you, who are we teaming them with?
1: I mean, there could have been, there could have been a Uncle hundred... Luke and Blind Melon. <laughs> there could have been a hundred other collaborations that I would, lo- I would love to visit. Yo the Yo and
0: Juliana Hatfield. <laughs> you know, it's...
1: the one at the time that I always said was I wanted to see Boss and L Seven.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would have been.
1: That would have, that would have fucking, that would have, they would have mm-hmm. thrown down on that. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Yeah, uh, but no, Fallen Look. I mean, and and this is where the soundtrack, I think if there's a critique I have of it, it's very tough to start out with these two songs back to back and then follow these two songs (laughs) because it's going to get a little more up and down from here.
0: Definitely. And that leads us to uh, me, myself and my microphone living color and run DMC. Uh, You'd think it'd be a, you know, a no brainer to get run DMC involved in this project, considering their history with, uh, you know, sampling rock, working with, Rock music, Rick Rubin's Rick Rubinness, uh and and all of that. So they take a line from another Ren D M C song and turn it into a full song here. I I could take it or leave it. Honestly, it's it's fine. It's you know, the the old the chorus being I go uptown, I'll come back home with who, me, myself, and my, my like just like that being the repeated bit i think living color is talented i think they do some really solid wrestling intro music um but you know
1: why, why is no one coming out to glamour boys
0: yeah i know what's uh fucking uh the the fucking uh dylan no what the, the roh guy that comes out with the boys oh the fuck yeah, dalton name? castle dalton castle i was gonna say dylan francis close enough <laughs> uh yes dalton castle could should come out to glamour boys
1: i mean do, living color is he's fierce just- living color does not get the uh credit i think they deserve as just uh a great hard rock band um but this track this track is fun it doesn't feel hmm th- this almost feels like a late 80s track as opposed to an early 90s track and i know that's a weird distinction to make but right. genre wise uh it kind of tells you something about maybe where these bands were compared to the more cutting yeah. edge
0: Definitely, I mean, you know, uh, Run DMC in the 90s is a really weird, <laughs> you know, their their track record gets strange fast. Like, they almost end up in some kind of novelty act territory uh, here and there, where they're doing stuff, you know, like, but by the end of the 90s, they're doing tracks with Fred Durst and stuff like that, and you're just like, this is...
1: Well, so interesting about that, before DMCs had that, like, vocal cord paralysis... Right. ...that took him off the Crown Royal record, um, yeah. essentially, this was the last... I believe this was the last all three of run DMC in the studio, like actively collaborating on a track mm. together after down with the King. Right. They did this. Um, I like the song. I don't think it's, it's uh, fine bad by any means, but it definitely, I think the vibe of it's good, but you know, run DMC had a lot of songs like that, uh, where even if the lyrics weren't a hundred percent them at the peak of their game, the vibe yeah. was still sort of there. You could, almost you can almost sort of, just listen to this rhythmically as yeah. opposed to even paying attention to what they're saying. Like, I like the vibe of this song. It's fun, but it's not, it's just, it's tough. Again, the way this is sequenced, t- tough being the number three track after those first two.
0: Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, it, it, it doesn't hold up to those first two at all for sure. And yeah. it, it's, it's fine. It's fine in the context of the overall soundtrack. It's not something I would really go out of my way to listen to on its own.
1: Vernon Reed's um, guitar tone though, man, like his, hmm. uh, licks on this, like, like, they're so good, they almost distract from the vocals.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's and I think that's actually fine in the, in this case because I think, you know, it, it's Run DMC putting on a Run DMC-like performance which by the 90s is why you go to Run DMC, right? You're like come in here and Run DMC it up, like do your thing and, you know, whatever like Living Color seems like they are the the showpiece here and yeah, they're, they're definitely like playing around a lot more um, than, you know the, the lyrics and all that. Like I said, you know, they, they named it after a, an old Run DMC song. Just kind of took a line. They they had a hot line and made it a not that hot song. Well, as they say.
1: And somehow MC Search got paid the publishing on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: Could you imagine if third base? Who would you have paired third base? Who? Yeah. Who
0: are you gonna put with? Who are you gonna put with third base here? Uh, Ninety three. If they might be Giants and third base. <laughs>
1: I will... Okay. MC, search, P, and I know you're not talking to each other. They might be Giants. I gave you a lot of money when I promoted a concert (laughs) with you in the 90s. I feel like you owe me. But I will make a sizable donation to charities of each of your choosings if third base and they might be Giants come together now to do a song.
0: Yeah. About an alternative baseball Hall of Fame.
1: (laughs) You know, we could probably do a mashup of Brooklyn Queens and they might be Giants has some... Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah i think, that,
1: on the, that, think that's very spirit. doable that'd be yeah. very doable but I, but I want them to i want them in the studio together hanging out
0: mm-hmm. yep is yeah. i i my i think the last thing i heard is that john Flansburgh was in a, a bit of an accident oh, yeah. and, you know, uh, i think he's I, better now they're touring he's better now. now good 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 okay good
1: they still have tickets to their oakland show that's been postponed now four times
0: oh geez yeah yeah <laughs> crazy um,
1: um but yeah third base they might be giants make it happen
0: okay or they, could,
1: they should be a super group. They could call themselves Brooklyn's finest.
0: I, you know, that, I think that works really well. We That'd should probably, amazing. yeah, I'd definitely set that up.
1: Um, uh. So track four, if you like the Bionics Biohazard remix of Slam, you will love the song <laughs> Judgment Night with Biohazard <laughs> and Onyx.
0: Yes, uh, Biohazard and Onyx getting the treat of reforming the title track. Um, I think this is pretty good. It's it's dumb. It's it's exactly what you think it is. It's fucking, you know, it's Onyx doing chanty fucking hooks and, and 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 you know, rhyming the way Onyx does, very in your face, very aggressive and and all that shit and I think it works very well for what it is, but it's like it's it's a certain type of hard that I think comes off as kind of corny these days and maybe sort of did then too.
1: Oh, when they're all chained up in the back of the the prison transport truck together in the
0: video see i i i don't know that i've seen any of the videos for this stuff the video like, for I, this
1: looks remarkably like the bionics remix of slam huh, like they might okay. have shot it on the same day
0: right yeah I mean, it's like screw it we got everybody together um, do it's it. got
1: the screaming of judgment night yeah much like mortal kombat
0: it's just real stupid uh and it's the like corners... they thought it was going to be the warriors or something they're like we need a like a
1: warriors come out
0: you know like
1: if I heard this song and then saw the movie, I would be even more disappointed because this movie or this song does make it sound like it's the Warriors. This, yeah. this song sounds like like the police have trapped you and are making you fight each other to survive yeah there's some kind the of hard
0: violence associated with this song that is not represented in the movie at all <laughs> not at
1: all <clears throat> not a, if you want to watch jeremy piven try and negotiate his life with uh, motherfucker. Leary, i don't want
0: to watch jeremy piven do anything
1: except get thrown off a building
0: yeah well sure yeah why not um <laughs>
1: we put this on my wife tapped out of the movie judgment night after about 10 minutes. And she mm. went, Oh, so Jeremy Piven's character is that he's Jeremy Piven. And I was like, yes. Yeah. You, that was,
0: you, you, remember when we saw Jeremy Piven in that parking lot, were you there for that? No,
1: I don't think so. Maybe I
0: think Brendan went up to him and tried <laughs> talking to him and, and he was a dick. And so not that I was like a big Jeremy Piven fan before that, but I think on top of that, it was just like, yeah, fuck Jeremy Piven. Yeah. piece of uh, shit, fuck that I, guy.
1: I mean he always played an unlikable character and then it turned out that uh, Right yeah. you know life and art
0: intertwined. Yeah.
1: Um but Onyx still plays this song. There's videos of them doing this even at the Gathering of the Juggalos. And what I love Oh,
0: what a perfect venue for this song though. Do they I, I mean, like if you're gonna do this song somewhere, the Gathering of the Juggalos is the place to do it. Right. But what I, I mean, that's... love
1: is that Biohazard. Biohazard, in addition to shouting out Judgment Night, they have lyrics over the hook where it's Judgment Night Die Young Dung Fast echo of a gun blast onyx when they play this live is just judgment night yeah yeah judgment <laughs> night. Uh, huh. like they can't be bothered to learn biohazard's lyrics
0: no no well they're that's you know that's for when biohazard shows up to to perform them you I re- know do you
1: remember uh, biohazard played the phoenix mm-hmm. and uh, which is a
0: venue in petaluma where we're petaluma, both uh yeah. where we both grew up
1: and I read this happened everywhere. People would go see biohazard in concert and be like really pissed off that Onyx was not with them because that's the only way people really knew. Bio I mean, biohazard has a small fan base and they put out some decent yeah. New York metal records known um, as
0: resident evil in the United States. Yes. Um,
1: um, but biohazard's claim to fame was their collaborations with Onyx.
0: Yeah and so but well, like no one going to like well I don't know I'm sure there are plenty of biohazard fans but like yes the, the wide ranging like oh biohazard I'd like that one song where they go judgment night huh huh we should go see them and then how come they didn't talk about making the white man call what hang on what how come what I knew you were gonna go with
1: that lyric I knew that it's is the, the only it's the only
0: like actual standout line in, in the track but I mean the, the not that it's say it's like lyrically weak or whatever but it's like it's, it's the memorable lyric. yeah yeah,
1: Sticky Fingers, uh, mm-hmm. also known as uh, TV's Blade from Blade the series. Yes, which is very solid if you've never seen it before. Should have gotten renewed. Um, Sticky Fingers, his verse is real. I mean, he's always the standout in every Onyx yeah. track. That's the problem. Like some people can name maybe Fredo Star, but y- y- good luck naming all four members of of Onyx.
0: <laughs> well, you name the two that I. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: This is like a U2 situation where we all know Bono and the edge. And then it's, I think there's a guy named Larry, like,
0: yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Larry on drums. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I bet at one point I could name at least a third member of Onyx, but that information is thankfully gone. Um, I'm now happy when a lot of that information is, is no longer retained because I, it's, it's such useless information to be carrying around that it's nice that it's like, I feel like I'm making room for new shit still. If I can't remember all four members of Onyx anymore, it's like, okay, good.
1: We were watching 80s commercial vault on YouTube over the weekend, and like KOFY TV 20 came on, and I was just like, KOFY, Barry, TV 20, cable channel 13. And I was like, KBHK is TV 44, but cable Mm. channel 12. KTVU is both two on both, and KICU was channel 36, and then cable channel 6. How do I remember that, but I can't remember anything I learned in school?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I like, what? I don't, I can't remember anyone's birthday anymore, but, uh, but I can tell you a lot about field communications, the company that produced all of KBHK's, uh, internal broadcasts and all that sort of stuff. People collect all that, you know, all the idents and all the, you know, the Oh yeah. This is a huge no, I mean, it's the best
1: thing on YouTube. Or, or in fact, and... why are you watching this? Just go and watch old uh, TV from your local market. It'll take yeah. you back in time. <laughs> um, but no, look, judgment night as a track, this is, this is fun. This definitely had the head bopping. This was me alone. Yeah. And Jeff, I'm, gonna, I'm not ashamed to admit this because I love this so much. I even closed my eyes to feel the music more when I was mm. listening to
0: this. See, this is, uh, there's an aggression to this track that, you know, when I hear this, this is like some fucking let's go break some goddamn windows. Like there's some, there's some real like, you know, and, and that is how I express. When I, when I hear hard music, when I hear heavy metal guitars with hip hop beats under it, there is something inside me that wants to go break shit such that you know i could see why someone might hear this album and then go on to write a song called break yes, it's break just, the, it's just uh, one of those days it is it is and uh that, that is, there's definitely like a like a i you know let's go break some glass let's go fucking hit a car with a bat type of stuff on on this track for sure it oh. it's it's fucking it's pretty hard
1: i think uh, in 1993 the song judgment night and the bionics remix of slam were probably mm. responsible for at least 50% of youth-related crimes.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. You put this on and you're like, no, let's go fucking fuck shit up. You know, what would Onyx do? Like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that they would go break some windows and hit cars with bats, kid. But go off. Um, I, but want, hey. I, want, I, want, I want Onyx to have to
1: put out a PSA.
0: <laughs> Sticky fingers going, hey, don't fucking do this shit. Stupid ass. The fuck is wrong with you? I work out my aggression in the gym. And that's <laughs> Yeah. I lift weights to get off. You,
1: okay, you know, you know this song is gotta be on at least like five five figures, like at least tens of thousands of, of gym mixes still.
0: Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, like yes, there's a certain like people of a certain age that are just like fucking lifting weights to this and screaming. Yeah, totally.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna start taking creatine and listening to the judgment night soundtrack and working out just, you know, I'll do upper body, lower body, I'll alternate. No yeah. off days. <laughs> That's
0: right. <sighs> um,
1: energy but no uh, so we go from this okay so we talked about this on Game Boys when we were talking about this Ice-T and Slayer doing Disorder now this is a three different cover songs that they were doing here mm-hmm. Um, I, I this was always the track I skipped when I was younger and yeah. here's the reason why it's not it's actually it's quite good for what it is but this is just, in my mind, not the format of the rest of the record.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, this is, you know, this is not Ice-T doing rap versus over metal. This is, this is Ice-T yeah. uh, in in body count mode, you know, shouting along to metal. And I think that that works well. It plays to one of Ice-T's strengths, I suppose. Um, I was never, like, the biggest body count fan. But, uh, yeah, not not really what I'm looking for. You know, when, when I think Ice-T and music of Ice-T's that I want to listen to, it's not Body Count, it's not this, it's not it's not him in, in heavy metal mode. I appreciate that he has range, that he can go on and play a cop on TV and rap about how much he hates cops. I think that's great. Uh, You know, that he can be in a metal band and be in a hip-hop, you know, a hip-hop, a hip-hop artist, like, awesome. I think, you know, that he can be in Gears of War and, you know, complain about achievement points or whatever on Twitter, sure.
1: And sell you car shield.
0: Yes, yeah, sell me car shield, sell me honey nut Cheerios while also getting online to talk about some real gamer shit. Yeah. Um Ice T shouted us out once years ago on a live stream. <laughs> I saved it somewhere. Um But yeah, this is uh it you know, yeah. I don't I don't, I don't know that good. I have much. Of
1: it. It's just not the it's just not the Theme of the, the soundtrack, it's not the format.
0: Exactly. And and it's kinda of just planted in the middle here as a kind of a forgettable thing. Um listening to it now. Like I, I almost skipped it listening to it the whole thing this morning. I was like, Oh right, this thing. But then I was like, Oh, I want to hear the part where they go, LA ninety two like I, I like that part. But... I, I actually think
1: uh I know this is covers of songs they didn't write. I think one's by the exploited, um, I think th- y- it's amazing how any hip hop or metal lyrics about you know the system being fucked up. It's amazing how poignant <laughs> those always seem, and perhaps even more so as time goes on.
0: Yeah, um, I think it, it took a lot of years. I, it took a you know I was a pretty fucking thick headed motherfucker for a lot of years, and uh, it took a long time for some of that to sink in and go like, oh, that's they're not just that's not just like some made up shit. Like no, the the world is actually. F- Okay, yeah, no, the world's actually fucked and they were right all along. Okay. Huh. I had that kind of like come to terms with it moment years later. Um But yeah, it's uh yes. This this track is 5 minutes long and kind of it's I I think it's a little too long. I think it it's fine for what it is, but yeah, it it's it's not a great fit for the record and I would have, I would think I would have rather had Ice-T, you know, rhyming a little bit here.
1: I Because Ice-T with Slayer, Ice-T rhyming over Slayer, I would still pay yeah. a decent amount of money to hear that. That sure. would be phenomenal. Yeah. But no, look, listen, I, I like the first body count record a good deal. I would say listen listen to the first body count record, then listen to this. This would be like the ultimate bonus track on right. that first body count CD.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, listen to the Slayer's Raining Blood as well, because that's sure. All. Yeah. always rocks uh but we follow that up if, if that's not your jam maybe you'll like faith no more and the booyah tribe
0: yeah <laughs> which I, I feel like now you know years later of, of like you know i think i only had an inkling here in 93 of just how fucking weird mike patton was is and I think like this, this track just, I think speaks to me or, or works a lot better now than maybe it did then. I don't know. But this is actually, this, this song's fine. I think Mike Patton does some, like his, his vocalizations here are good. It's maybe the only Booyah tribe song I like or slash can name. Um, there are a couple of Booyah tribe singles that I feel like got some airplay and, and had music videos and stuff and like they that. They are bass player played. Yeah. Right. 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 Yes. Um, Um,
1: and Mike, Mike Patton requested working with the Booyah tribe because he is like vocally just one of the most impressive range, rangy, uh, guys. He was very interested in Samoan chanting mm. music and that's why he specifically, he wanted to work with the Booyah tribe.
0: Yeah. I think that makes a ton of sense. Like I think after years of seeing Mike Patton interviews and, and just realizing like his, weird interests and and like his, his wide range, whether it's in music or out of music. Like I I think, yeah, he's, he's a fascinating dude. Can't remember Um, if
1: it's a fifth, no more or Mr. Bungle, but there's a live concert version of him doing a slow, like Gothic version of the Nestle Alpine white sweet dreams. You can't resist. And uh, I listen to that probably three times a year because it's Mm -hmm. it's on YouTube. It's so good. Um, but yeah, uh, Mr. Bungle right up there with
0: AC's cover of the three company theme in terms of hot wait
1: news. wait who covered the three
0: Company anything uh ac the grindcore band we'll just call Shit. them ac no. <laughs> as they are I, often I, referred to in polite company
1: i figured out what you meant um but uh no i think uh, mr bungle is one of those bands that uh, i'm gonna put this really nicely because i don't want to offend anybody like, I don't trust the taste of anyone that's really into Mr. Bungle. That's <laughs>
0: like, really? I,
1: I, like, so that's I, really into Mr. Bungle.
0: I remember when Faith No More broke, like, no, I didn't, I had never heard of Mr. Bungle. And the people were like, no, Mr. Bungle, it's, it's his other band, it's, it's his old band. I wasn't sure if it was still a going concern or if, you know, it was really. I remember hearing that, like, squeeze me macaroni song. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, this is fucking, all right. Yeah, no, he's talking about jacking off. That's crazy. I'm a teenager. This is great. Um, and, I want to say Mr. Bungle did. Did Mr. Bungle play Casa? or they? No, played, you're they thinking, of, you're the thinking Phoenix of Disciples of Ed. You're thinking
1: of Deal. You're e. right. Yeah, I'm thinking. I that. saw Satan in my taco salad. I think yeah, I sent yeah, you yeah. the YouTube link because that's that's that demo tape is on YouTube.
0: Oh, weird. Yeah, uh, but no, I remember Mr. when Green Day played Casa. Yeah.
1: But. Um, Uh, no, but Mr. Bungle played our area a lot. And I think that, and here, I don't want to offend any Mr. Bungle fans of their later work. I'm just going to tell you that in the early nineties, there were a lot of kids with cassette dubs of girls of porn and I would go on and on about Mr. Bungle. And maybe that just sort of biased me against their music.
0: Well, I think it, you know, it's a very... Teenage boy friendly thing, right? Where it's like they're talking about cranking it and girls of porn, all this other stuff. Like it was very much like the same way that like I was trading around copies of Two Live Crew's Move Something. Mm. You know, what I mean, like, have you heard One and One? Like it's the worst song on that fucking record. But well, it's it's, it's not a <laughs> yeah, great like, fucking rap song. But you know, like when you're fucking fourteen or whatever, it's the funniest shit in the world. You know, and it's a novelty at that point. I think like the Mr. Bungle stuff, I think spoke to that demographic as a novelty. And then, but not uh, that again, yeah, I'm not intending to offend anyone. I actually think, you know, most of the Mr. (laughs) Bungle I've heard is actually like fine and to good or or whatever. But like,
1: this is the most sensitive caution I've ever seen either of a show on a podcast.
0: Yeah. Um, But I I, I think that's, that's genuinely how I feel about Mr. Bungle where it's like, I like it in theory, but in practice I'm like, yeah, some of this shit is like whatever, but like, I love that it exists. I love that it kind of still exists. I mean, that's Uh, how I feel
1: about ICP, except I also love it in practice for much of it as well.
0: Well, I mean, you know, right up until the Joker's cards were over, or even actually, I think... First right, act, I mean, the, great Malenko is the last good... last great ICP yes. material. Everything after that is fucking shit. Or, or like, you know, there's like one or two things you could pull out and be like, okay, this is sort of okay. But like, I don't... By the time people were clowning on them for fucking magnets or whatever, I was like, yeah, whatever, man. They had fucking... The first four albums were really good and the and the EPs that went between them were, were fine as well, but like... Look, man, we wouldn't have launched Video Game Spot if it hadn't been for ICP.
1: It's true, but that's listen that's to a lot of that shit. Yeah, uh, but no, look, Faith No More though. I mean, we care a lot, sort of prototypical yeah. of uh, the rap rock genre, epic with Mike Patton as well. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that Mike is just doing this this low chant, almost operatic yeah. vocals on this Booyah Tribe. I think really brings it on this track. I like their energy. Mm-hmm. Um lyrically I, very I, hard
0: yeah i mean it, may, the track is literally called another body murdered so uh, you know the subject matter is there
1: i feel like i mean th- when we get to fatal and therapy um i feel like if i if i have notes it's like booyah tribe i understand do you think maybe you're being a little too literal or leaning into the theme of the what you think the movie is about <laughs>
0: I, again, you know, like if you listen to it without the context of like, this is a movie soundtrack, I don't know that that is necessarily evident, but yeah, there's a, there's definitely a certain aspect of it of like, okay, like this is meant to sort of thematically fit here, even though they didn't really use the soundtrack all that well it's, in the film. But
1: It's the second end credit song after fall. Okay. It's the only one that only other song that gets a full or mostly full length play. Mm -hmm. Um, no, I would like to see the version of the judgment night movie that is based on another body murdered by the Booyah tribe. That actually sounds pretty, pretty dope.
0: Um, I do think that having two tracks on here, one called just another victim and then another one called another body murdered is a little like, okay, yeah, you guys are really trying to hit you guys at least are trying to hit a theme here. Uh, and like they, you know, Everlast would have probably known what the movie was about at this point, I would think. Um, but like, <laughs> you,
1: think, you think Everlast remembers? No, I don't know. Everlast, like I showed up. Dennis Leary I don't was know. there.
0: Yeah. It was a whole thing. Me and Dennis were tight at the time. And Dennis, you know. the intro
1: to the original Shamrocks and Shenanigans video in his peak MTV style. Right. Yeah. In fact, where, how come nobody said, let's have Dennis Leary talking on a track, William S. Burroughs style, you know,
0: well, he did with Asshole, right? I, I mean, you so, know, he, well, he did his own. And then that end ended up Leary being a bit. Well, this? was that before or after this?
1: That's a good question. No cure for cancer. When did that come out?
0: Yeah. I'm uh, tempted to say it's after, but I, I guess I don't know. Uh, no, but that was yeah.
1: um, 92.
0: Okay. So he had already done that. So he'd already done it. I mean, I think that was, you know, he already had his MTV he fame. And on, Leary. Yeah, on multiple levels. He had his own song, he had all the commercial bits he was doing for MTV. So. You know, he's probably tapped out by this point.
1: I don't know all the lyrics to this. I feel like I can sort of keep up with uh, the flow of this, but I did not know that the lyric was, I got to pay the paid to play to get through. And I ain't, st- I ain't through till I'm dumping on the moon. So true. <laughs> that is phenomenal. <laughs> so I true. Ain't through till I'm dumping on the moon.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Yes. I, any way you want to take the term dump in there, I think works. Um,
1: I, I, I've been saying for 30 years, I need to listen to more of the Booyah Tribe.
0: You know, I, I, I feel like I've had a, a period there where I was like checking out some Booyah Tribe and didn't really stick with any of it, but yeah. Eh, you know, they did this their is thing. This is
1: a good song, though. Uh, this, yeah. this, uh, this is in the rotation when I'm deciding like what's my favorite song on the soundtrack. Sometimes it is this.
0: All right. I don't know that I would rate it that high, but it it definitely like is is on on the top half.
1: Because I think sonically there is something really cool about the way Mike Patton approached this and the Mm -hmm. way they're building. Like the cool thing about the soundtrack is we talk about how many bands were probably started as a result of the soundtrack. Like of the bands started by the soundtrack, you can almost tell which song was the one. (laughs) Right. And this one is the one that probably I've heard this style the least, but I wish I'd heard more of. Where they were like, hey dude, you've got a really impressive voice. why don't you do some operatic shit and I'm just gonna right. drop rhymes over. Like Yeah, I was,
0: you just give me a oh yeah. oh yeah. And then we're gonna shout, bang your head to this. Like, yeah. Like that
1: that's fucking dope. It's yeah. still like I, I was listening to this and I got kind of looks from the wife where I was like, Do you have to have to turn it up so loud? I was like, I need to turn it up louder. That's but, right. Why do you hate it. me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely on the upper half. Like if we were ranking the tracks in order or something like that, it, it's, it's up there for sure. Um, I don't know um, that I would ever call it my favorite, but it, it's definitely like a standout.
1: Well, if uh, you enjoy this track, you are going to be so surprised by what follows this. Because perhaps for the first time ever, Cypress Hill has done a song with, uh, about how much they love marijuana. Whoa. And they brought Sonic Youth along to help them out.
0: Yes. Sonic Youth, I believe, also enjoyed marijuana at a time. Can you um,
1: name more than three Sonic Youth songs?
0: No. I have no, a theory
1: about Sonic Youth that, um, I mean, we all like Bull and the Heather. Mm-hmm. 100%. Great.
0: Yep. Great a video. Video
1: game soundtracks. I think, and I'm probably guilty of this as well, I think a lot of people bought Sonic Youth CDs to have in their record collection to make it seem like they had better taste than they do.
0: I could see, I could see. Yeah, I could see some people doing that.
1: I think it's one of the, you know, like you meet somebody at a party I'm like, Hey, what music into? Well, you know, really like Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Sonic Youth, of course. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thirsten no, Moore, Sonic, Youth, Sonic Youth was that band. Yeah. Thurston Moore was that, was that dude then yeah. for sure. Um, and, and that makes a, a lot of sense, but yeah, I, I think Bull and Heather is a, I still, I, I love that song. It's a great song, but I, I could not name you any other. I could not name another Sonic Youth song. Other than this one with Cypress Hill called I Love You, Mary Jane. A little on the nose. A little bit. Um, It's okay. This is... It is not in the top 50 songs Cypress Hill has written about weed, (laughs) I'm sure. Um, And it's it's, it's slow.
1: It's interesting. I mean, they do get two tracks on the record. The second Which one. Which is weird,
0: but there's, yeah, the, the well, second one the, is much it was, better.
1: It was their manager that put this yeah, together. Yeah. Hey, again, that tr- that, that could have gone to Funk Dubious with the Screaming Trees. You know?
0: I could have been Funk Dubious with Sonic Youth. Maybe there's scratch vocals out there.
1: It's, it's all about porn. I love you, yeah. Mary Jane. Yeah. About-
0: I love you, Mary Jane. You took on all those dudes. This gangbang video is great. <laughs> I love you Annabelle Chonka. can we change the name no come on man this might be the best impression in
1: your repertoire <laughs>
0: yes yes my my fucking world beating Sun doobie impression <laughs> been working on it a lot of looking in the mirror going eh. ugh <laughs> uh. It's like, probably yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah.
1: Not everyone gets it, but those that do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, it's all based on that one skit on that one album. That's the the entire impression is just based on that, uh, and and that's all I have. But that's all you need when it comes to a Sun Doobie impression.
1: I mean, a lot of people do a Be Real, and a lot of people do a Sendog, Dog, but not a lot of people sure. do a Sun Dooby impression. <laughs>
0: And I think, you know, it's a shame because I think if you're out there doing a Be Real and a Send Dog, like you're halfway to a Sun Doobie impression. <laughs> you know, you really, you know, it's, it's minor adjustments at that point at most. There uh, was a
1: car ride when we were working in Berkeley where uh-huh. we were listening to songs and you were just doing Send Dog echoing whatever was being said in the course of the yeah. song.
0: <laughs> I, yes, I, I still feel like you should. That, that, if, if vocal AI, if AI technology does not get us to a point where there is a send dog button that I can push <laughs> that just does that. That just says like, yes, put more send dog on this. Have him repeat the lyrics <laughs> a little <laughs> bit after.
1: To you, I was ahead of my time with the concept of shit posting, because I remember in a taquerio with you one day saying, You should just make a tape and just put it out there of just yeah. doing send dog over popular songs.
0: That'd be yes. That's like uh what there was that fifty cent fucking mixtape where they did jaw rule duets too. <laughs> That is like them just playing songs and then just having like a bad Ja Rule. It's not even an impression really, but it's just like, you know, when Ja Rule was doing all those fucking shitty R and B crossover shit, like making fun of that, and it's perfect. Jaw the 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 fake ad for Jaw Rule duets too, I recommend you seek it out.
1: Check that out. I had Chat GPT write mm-hmm. uh Ja Rule and Ashante duet retelling the plot, <laughs> retelling the plot of the movie The Cutting Edge. And Uh like the lyrics were pretty on point. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It was pretty good.
0: What would Uh, I be without you? Yeah. Uh,
1: Where would Ja Rule be without Onyx?
0: I mean, Ja Rule is like, you know, he he existed in that pocket between DMX and Jay-Z, literally on some songs. And like, I think if he had stayed somewhere in that lane, maybe there would have been more for him, but he was overshadowed by everyone he was working with constantly. He's the worst part about every song he's on. Uh... (laughs)
1: Which some might say is a talent in and of itself.
0: Right. With like the exception of that fucking one song about New York. But, uh...
1: hmm. um, so Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill, here's, here's what I know about Sonic Youth. When, after you left the band, uh, we almost signed a deal with Geffen. Mm-hmm. And our Geffen rep wanted to talk to us a lot about Sonic Youth and how difficult they were, like, with just... The, we are talking about budgets and time in the studio. Yeah. And they were like, well, you could have a plan, but then you could be Sonic Youth and just go sort of spend a year in the studio and you can't even get a usable song out of it because you're just dicking around on guitar too much with noise. Um, Great. So I think having DJ Muggs, like, take some Sonic Youth licks and some vocals and loop it works yeah. well, although the song is very repetitive.
0: Yeah, it's it's droney in a way, uh, or it's just like literally all they have is just like the I love you, Mary Jane, she'll be coming by to get me like the like lyrically. It sounds well, you know, I mean, it sounds druggy, I guess I was gonna say it sounds subdued and, and kind of underwhelming. But I think if you we before, if you are envisioning it as part of a marijuana induced haze, then but I suppose you, it makes you more were not sense in
1: 1993.
0: I'm not now. God yes. damn it. Uh, you
1: need to get a bunch of edibles delivered to you and that's, uh, you sound
0: like bill Corey now no
1: yeah. <laughs> uh relive re- that 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 could be a video series Jeff experiences cypress hill that's underwater. right yes
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get high on weed and listen to Cypress Hill and go, oh okay
1: now yes make sense.
0: this makes sense now no.
1: Um, I mean, this is good, but it's not as good as uh fieldies dreams. Are you talking to me and his duet with the, with the marijuana?
0: Of course. Yeah, no. I mean, you know, if, if, yes, none of this is as good as fieldies dreams. Let's be honest here. This baby UF. God damn. Corn, um,
1: ha- corn has a hot sauce with heat and it, and I ordered it and it's actually really good. Like I bought I mean, it as a goof, but it's mm-hmm. actually really good.
0: How's their coffee? Did you try the coffee? They did I've not
1: tried corn's coffee. No. Okay. All right. I think Fieldy got driven off Twitter because people probably just kept mentioning Fieldy's dreams.
0: I think you need to embrace that. He put out another album after that, but it was all instrumental bass. I think it was yeah. just called like Bassgasm or something, or I forget what it's called. Well, um,
1: um, Sir Mix a Lot did a song about women with mud honey.
0: Yeah, Freak is- Mama. I think Freak Mama is okay, but when I think about what Sir a lot is capable of when backed by a live band, I think Freak Mama is kind of disappointing.
1: I don't think we would have had subset with him in Presidents of the United States if not for Freak Mama with Mud also,
0: Honey. Also, almost certainly true. Um, you know, Mudhoney was a Seattle band, right? So it probably makes sense believe so. as, as a so pairing. If not
1: from Seattle, definitely lumped in with that scene.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this song's okay. I think this song is good because I think Sir Mix-a-Lot embraces it in a yes. way. Like, it's not just him just dropping 16s over whatever instrumental track is there. Like, it it sounds like he is reacting to the music and, like, you know, having a good time with it. He sounds loose in a way that, like, I think his typical style, that kind of staccato kind of, you know, vibe that he has on a lot of his, his bigger records this this sounds like him you know loosening up his pants a little bit and being like ah freak mama there goes my credibility y'all like you know he's just like he's having fun song
1: this is a fun song this and the if there's like a a shadow or alternate universe judgment night soundtrack it's this and the run dmc living color song like if we had one where it's just like here's just something that's a little more fun a little funkier yeah. Uh in a more rock and roll sort of way. Mm-hmm. In fact, for Mud Honey, this sounds this actually doesn't sound like the other Mud Honey songs that I've heard. This sounds much more straightforward blues rock mm-hmm. by Mud Honey standards.
0: Yeah. I, I think they, they both kind of meet in the middle on it in a way that I think makes a, a workable good song that I yeah, like you know, the 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 rest of this or the high points of the rest of this soundtrack, you know, there's a lot of harder music on here that makes this yeah. kind of a little weird. Um but but yeah, you're right. I I don't think subset happens if this doesn't happen in 93. Uh I don't I don't think that, and and you know, we would be worse off if subset never existed. So subset's so good. Subset um, is good. I I'm I, it's a bummer that that never like happened for real. It's this weird if you don't if people don't know it's, it's Sir mix lot and the Presidents of the United States of America, the band that did Peaches.
1: Well, they were Addicted and, to the Fame.
0: Yeah, and they did Addicted to the Fame and what blood from a stone is a, yeah, a handful of songs that are from live recordings or, or all this other stuff. And, and I'm sure Marco could tell us more about why that didn't happen. He, he, oh, that's right. Tracks that stuff in a, in a much more direct way, but, um, but yeah, subset never really happened for real. I don't, did any of that ever get a release? i don't think it did uh, it was like a lot of it leaked out session stuff leaked out or, or, or yeah we some, had some pre-record tracks yeah on your
1: ftp site but i don't think there was ever yeah. a full record um yeah and they were even great doing interviews together like talking about their experiences going through like the hip machine right and dealing with yeah. record labels um and certainly i mean certainly Mixal had a weird career um after Baby Got Back. I mean, yeah. and uh, and I say weird because he was under just immense pressure to replicate the success of Baby Got Back.
0: And put him on the glass, didn't get it done.
1: No. Jump on it, though, is fucking it's great. incredible. It's great. So
0: good. Yeah. But it's, you know nothing at the heights of baby got back and how could you expect that it's weird it, I, it must be weird to be considered a one-hit wonder on like what is that his third or fourth record
1: yeah and he's got so i mean he's got so many songs i yeah. I, I know you don't like all mac da- i think mac daddy is just great i'm not a, start uh, to yeah finish.
0: i'm not a big mac daddy fan Me,
1: Louie, he was trying to teach us Swami to... louis is a
0: great Swap Me, Louie's great
1: Hesterosa. <sighs> That's still when I hooked up my subwoofer in my home theater. It was like I'm putting on Tester. Like that Tester Rose is like my bass kick mm. test song.
0: I like Swass.
1: Swass is good. I like every I mean, track he's, on he's Swass. Getting, he's still getting paid off. Swass. I,
0: I think Beepers is a fucking incredible, incredible song off Seminar. Uh, I think weird. I'm sorry. I like Seminar. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's
1: weird that people think Baby, that the guy who did Buttermilk Biscuits, that uh, Baby Got Back, is his novelty
0: song. I love buttermilk biscuits.
1: <laughs> is there a, did, like, have you ever, why did he pitch his vocals? Why was he doing the chipmunk voice?
0: Who knows? You know, is that, is, was he trying to play a different character? Or was he trying to create, oh, like, a Humpty Hump esque sort of situation? Was it, you know, was it a, a, a P Funk kind of, you know, weird thing there? Like, I don't, I don't know. Where, don't where really on this know. record?
1: Why didn't we get, like, Digital Underground with the Lords of Acid? You know? <laughs>
0: I was gonna say Lords of Acid with you know uh, Lords of the Underground, but you know yeah,
1: Lords, Lords,
0: Lords of Brooklyn.
1: Lords of Brooklyn,
0: yes. uh,
1: Lords of Brooklyn are the the funk dubious to uh, House of Pain.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, were they? Was there any shared management there? Because they always just struck me as I was like we're the Italian House of Pain instead of the Irish House of Pain.
1: And young black teenagers were like, "We done fucked up."
0: Yeah, it was like we could have. <laughs> we we, this we this strove name, for credibility and well, this, i don't know this
1: we really didn't work for us on many levels
0: yeah well i mean you know i individually you know the king aries mac ruling over knuckleheads i think you know that's this cameron had his film career <laughs> which, which was yeah. house party two. which was house party Two.
1: i've dm'd like dj scribble and other members of ybt Mm -hmm. dj scribble told me in a dm he's like there's a third record it's done it's mastered it never got released but i've like hit up members of ybt like can you please just send me a copy of the third record i really want to hear that
0: yeah yeah what would that have even god what would the fuck when would that have even happened like what like think about how many, like what year that must have taken place and how their music probably would have evolved or not evolved.
1: Well, it would have been 93, 94. So probably just yeah. all the songs about weed.
0: Right. Yeah. Just like As no, was I, the style As yeah. was
1: the, style the time. Uh, YBT hit us up with, uh, yes. We,
0: yeah. We'll, we won't leak it. I swear.
1: But, uh, freak mama. Yeah. Freak mama was good. I mean, I like it. It's fun.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: maybe doesn't win an award, but, uh, Although, okay, so you want to talk about bands that were built around one song uh after hearing it. Del the Funko Fun uh start again. Del the Funky Homo sapien with Dinosaur Jr. doing Missing Link. I swear to God, I have played concerts with five mm-hmm. different versions of this band. I have seen <laughs> the ba- I've seen bands that yeah. their entire gimmick was this song at least a dozen times.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you think that's direct? Do you think that they directly, like, heard this and took, like, meaningful influence from it? Or did it just kind of... Was it just happenstance of just, like, we're a little kind of jam band, you know, like, like kind of... Uh,
1: because this song... Okay, this song is the best... Let me just be clear. This song is the best version of I'm just gonna do some flow of consciousness rhymes while you just rock out and jam on guitar. Yeah. And we're gonna bring it together. This song is, like, the A++ version of that. Every band I've seen that's tried to do this... Has not achieved
0: this uh, this peak. No, no. They're like, uh, yeah, they're like, we're a collective, man. And we got a gallon of water jug on stage that we all drink from.
1: Hey, North Coast Underground each had their own gallon of water.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize the writer had evolved. Um, Uh,
1: No, no. You know, I think of North Coast Underground when I think of this song. North Coast Underground did a tighter version of this. But North Coast Underground, that first demo, is very much this.
0: Yeah, that's like, and and I think there's a real, like, again, like early nineties, it's not necessarily, we're not quite post grunge or anything like that yet, but it is this sort of in North coast undergrounds case, like they're literally f- from kind of the Humboldt County area. And so they're just growing up in the illegal weed trade that was happening very hard there on the lost coast. And, uh, I went up, we, we, when the fire, the last fires hit in 2020, I guess it was it was the fires that inspired me to get the fuck out of that area. Yeah. Um, we had to, cause we had a baby and, and the smoke when the house was too bad and all this other stuff. So we had to like figure out where we were going to flee to. We ended up driving up there. It was the first time I'd ever been up to anywhere oh, close really? to Humboldt County or, or anything, anything out there. Cause it was kind of on the other side of the fire. And so the wind wasn't, you know, it was actually yeah. nice. Uh, and, and I thought about North coast, North coast underground the entire time I was there.
1: Did you, did you make the wife listen to it and explain?
0: I didn't have it at the time. You oh, recently right. re-hooked me up back with it, and I, I, I did not have the North Coast Underground three-song demo uh, for, for a good long time there. Grab a pick, indeed. They continued on. They, they have tracks on Spotify that are, they, like, reincarnated as a separate thing with and some of the original good. members. It's not, not. not as good.
1: That uh, was good. But no, look, Del the Funky Homo Sapien got, it's shitty that a lot of his press was, you know, he's Ice Cube's cousin
0: um he grew out of that he grew out of that but yes the early buzz on dell was definitely like hey he's on that uh he's on uh, ice cubes record there on one of the skits he calls in
1: um he's he's very talented he's got an amazing flow uh he loves the sega saturn Loves it. um this 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 track is awesome this this occasionally is my favorite track on the soundtrack as well
0: this is one I would, you know, this, I could take it or leave it. It is very well done. But again, when I come to the Judgment Night soundtrack, this is not what I'm coming for. I am coming I know, for the aggression. I am coming for the hard shit.
1: Nobody ever set a car on fire listening to a Missing Link.
0: No, definitely not. Maybe accidentally. They're like, I dropped my pipe. And then this, ah, no, we were trying to hot box my ultima and now oh no the whole car is on fire like maybe that happened but um <laughs>
1: um i and there's a video online from the arsenio hall show that's on youtube with dinosaur jr and dell performing this live and mike d is playing drums interesting yeah Huh. Good performance live what I like about this, and maybe it's just that because again we've seen so many bad versions of this style, yeah I like that they're able to uh like modulate the tempo and tone, and even when you watch them do it live, they're just in sync with how they're keeping the balance of it all and I think if you know yeah. anything about music, like you cannot help but be impressed by the fact that they're they've got j Mascus. Just like noodling away on the guitar, yeah, in this fashion, and Dell is able to keep his flow going, and it mm-hmm. does. They, they don't. They complement each other rather than compete with.
0: Like you. this could have been a band. This yes. this did you know? Like a, a lot of these things feel like oh, it's it's a novelty that these things were thrown together for one night only or whatever. But like yes, if you put Dell with Dinosaur Junior and said put out a record, they could absolutely do it. Still yeah. to this day, I bet. I'm gonna be even well, better now.
1: I think Dell. I wonder. I think Dell, I know there were a lot of other factors. There is no way in my mind that this did not help him get the gorillas gig.
0: Sure. I, yeah, I bet that that was probably a thing. I mean, I think, you know, with Deltron happening and, and mm-hmm. that raising his profile to a, an entirely different audience, I think that, you know, Dell became much, I think, uh, bigger than a lot of the hieroglyphics crew, you know, obviously, you know, and, And and rose up out of that, and and I think that his his profile because of the Deltron record probably because that happened after, right? Gorillas was was after Deltron thirty thirty came out, right?
1: Gorillas was what ninety nine two thousand sounds right, sounds right. But even the flow on this is very similar to Clint Eastwood.
0: Oh sure, yeah. I mean that's yeah. I I think like Dell's got that flow down pat. Like that's not something he was doing on his solo records at in this in this era though yeah. you know so it's it's interesting that like he had this range in him the whole time but like i think when you listen to like well both sides of the brain or some of the other stuff that he was putting out uh solo kind of before before all that stuff happened um it's not like this yeah but he had this and yeah that, that's pretty cool
1: it's it's really good um highly recommend this Highly recommend this song um oh and then Jeff, is this your favorite, favorite song in the record? Yeah, we finally,
0: we finally have come to my two favorite bands coming together to form one favorite thing. It's Therapy with a question mark after it and Fatal. I don't know anything about either of these acts at all, <laughs> other than uh, they did this. The they band, did this track, Come and Die.
1: The band Therapy toured with the Jesus Lizard so much that I would okay. see that on ads. <laughs> and I thought yeah. that there was one band called the Jesus Lizard Therapy.
0: Yeah okay that that checks out
1: i don't know anything isn't fatal related to somebody
0: is it yeah typing in fatal rapper into google doesn't really
1: uh joe fatal he was a tragedies dj okay used to roll with eric b and rakim okay and g rap
0: all right okay yeah, this, this is, uh, I don't, I don't, this is, this, this track just eventually boils down to them just shouting, die, come and die with me, and shouting <laughs> okay. die over and over again, and that's all I remember about it, but, and I just listened to it <laughs> an hour and a half ago, and I'm still like, oh, yeah, I don't, yeah.
1: I have heard at least 50 bands that basically took this song and turned it into an <laughs> entire catalog.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, this doesn't really come across as a merging of hip hop and metal, really. I don't. I, this just kinda. seems like there's when a little st- there's elements of it, but it's it doesn't. Yeah.
1: But even the uh, even the like I can't rap that well, so I'm gonna really mm-hmm. process my vocals. Like feel the helter skelter. Yeah. Like uh, I've like a lot of German rap metal kind of sounds yeah, like this. Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe oh. this was the blueprint for what they were doing.
1: Like, that Guano Ape song? Like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of European, yeah. like, uh, rapcore. It sounds like this.
0: Yeah, so I, you know, uh, Come and Die doesn't really... You know, I, I it, it is, I think, by far the worst track on the record. Wow. Um, it, I, it, This is... I mean, if you got to pick a bottom, this is it, man. This is the bottom. It's, it's, It's like... The track after it is almost like a bonus track. So this really feels like, all right, we got 10 tracks here. Put the worst one at the end. It's fine. It's a movie soundtrack. Like sequencing matters up to a point. But like, really, let's just bury this fucking thing at the end because no one cares.
1: And to think this could have been the Funk Dubious track.
0: I know. Yeah. If this had been therapy and and Funk Dubious, maybe.
1: (laughs) And and Sun Doobie thought he was going to therapy.
0: Yo, come and die with me. I got angel angels number eight. It's great. We're gonna put it on. <laughs> he showed up. He thought it was sex therapy. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you one of those uh, uh, therapists that help with the sex that with having it?
1: Why why isn't Sun Doobie, like teaching like a pickup artist course now? <laughs>
0: What What is Sun Doobie doing now? When was the last time Sun Doobie put any... I mean, honestly, the, the Sun Doobiest, the, the, the Funk Doobiest train, I feel like, pulled out of the station sometime in the 90s. Well, he was in an adult film. He actually oh, was right.
1: in a porn yes.
0: movie. Yes, I remember that now. Good on him.
1: Uh, Sun Doobie you know, doesn't if, have a if, Wikipedia if, entry.
0: You know, find a job doing what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's what they say. So congratulations to <laughs> Sunduby, the porno king. <laughs> For parlaying his rap career into something he cared about. Um,
1: yeah. Um, We've got to figure out what Sundubi's up to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I see. Uh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll break this down. Stay tuned on Game Boys to Men. We're yeah. going to
0: yeah. Th- th- yes. The next episode it was gonna be about Nintendo, but now it's three hours on
1: Gonna break down the lyrics and references and bow wow wow. Oh man. Um <laughs> get Sun for an interview.
0: Yeah. Um Okay, so yeah, come and die. I you know whatever, man. It's it's I think it's kind of bad. It's it's just it's it it like I feel like the the kind of the hardness, the the rage, the whatever you want to call it. Uh, of some of the harder songs on this soundtrack, I feel like like play well together and all this stuff. This one just feels corny to me. This feels like, oh yeah, man, come and die, die, come and die with me. Like it's just like shut
1: the fuck it, up. Th- th- this uh, uh, Biohazard and Onyx passed the assignment. Yes, fatal and therapy.
0: Get no, a C. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 you know, they attendance counts for something here. Yes. Um,
1: uh, but then we close. With Cypress Hill and Pearl Jam, it's really Cypress Hill with Stone Gossard and Jeff Alment from Pearl yeah. Jam. Uh, Eddie Vedder was not hanging out in the studio with, not, uh, Is that
0: not him doing the background vocals in no in that one part? I just no. yeah, I never really knew um,
1: uh, no, I think Eddie Vedder probably was like, "You want me to do what?" and
0: I was like, i've got to go write Temple of the Dog songs now <laughs> um, yes, this song real thing is up there. This is one of this, this, it's like this or just another victim for me normally on a normal yeah. day. Unless I'm looking to dig in. Those would be the the two tracks I would be looking to listen to. This is by far a superior sound and a superior track than uh, I love you, Mary Jane, the other Cypress Hill cut on the record. Oh yeah. Um, I think that it is a, it's a better, yeah, I, I think it's a better representation of Cypress Hills kind of style. This is and, this
1: is more like how I could just kill a man. Exactly, Cypress Hill. Like than, this is uh, not weed, Cypress
0: Hill. This yeah. is uh, we need to we have to uh, uh, kill someone in Cypress Hill. The other one,
1: we can um, tell. History has shown us which Cypress Hill won.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, yes, which Cypress Hill was easier to make money off of an unsuspecting public. Turns out, yeah, uh, yeah people the weed community is easily. like, Yeah, man, I like weed too. The Cypress Hill record is good, man. Did a Spanish record, man? That's way out there, man. Like, <laughs> you know, and what is is Real doing? You know, like I, I Be Real was the original voice I saw campaigning for normal. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, the Willie National Nelson. Organization for the Reformation of Marijuana Laws, and now like he he won in a lot of ways, so you know, what, what now, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the Biden administration talked about decriminalizing and, 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 you know, commuting sentences and some of this other stuff. So like some of the, some of that stuff's happening, there's still probably more to do there. So probably more for be real to campaign for, but I don't know if he's as active in that scene as he maybe once was, um, I know he was doing a radio show online for a while. He was doing like right. be real TV or something. I don't know if that still exists or what, what be real is up to still but not music obviously he was part of um it was like him and exhibit and there was like a super group type situation oh prophets of rage was he doing that no no it was um it wasn't strong arm steady it was uh there was there was something that that he was doing with exhibit that i, I don't know if it ever actually came out but uh hmm. now i now i need to look can i still spell exhibit yes i can there's no H in it.
1: Oh, so, uh, Be Real was Cyprus, uh, or was uh, in uh, Prophets of Rage.
0: Yeah, Serial Killers is what they called it. Got it.
1: Um, Sendog gets a verse on this. Uh, yeah. Very good. Uh, Sendog also gets to talk at the end. I still, okay, so it's been 30 years, and mm-hmm. there's no lyrics on for this. I still don't fully grasp what Sendog is talking about. What at the Sendog end.
0: is talking about is if you've got the real, then, okay, the song's called real thing, and he's like, if you've got the real, that's good. You want to have, you want to have that. It's like, if you got the real, then you got the, if you got the real, then baby, you got the real, cause you're going to get set. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole, the end of that song is just fucking some real one take. Imagine, I mean, it has to be one take nonsense, right? But like, imagine if there's like 40 more takes of like Send Dog trying to do the end of the song. It's like, nah, it's not quite right. It's just like, yeah, I want to fuck a bit, you know, they're like, no, no. Sam like come on Emilio Estevez he was a yeah. wisdom it's a great yeah. movie if you turn you ever it off right what? at the end repo man what's that car's crazy yeah they're gonna make mission impossible and Emilio's gonna get it raw the elevator scene is crazy shit <laughs> that's the real Um, I think my favorite part of this track and what makes it one of the best songs on the record is it, is it is send dogs verse getting cut off by B real come back and go, click, click bang bang. Cause it ain't no thing when I hang with stone and, it... and he's like shouting out a member of Pearl jam. It's just very, yeah. Oh man. When that, yeah. When all the music stops and he shouts out, click, click, it's just fucking great. It's a great, it is great.
1: Now it's was great. this speaking of the real, was this uh, part of the inspiration for suburban all-stars? Some of the real.
0: I mean, you know, I, I think that realness is definitely a, a trending topic in hip hop in the nineties for sure. Uh, and, uh, and sure. I'm going to say that, you know, like it all adds up over time. If not a direct inspiration, then certainly there is a desire to, to be real, be real. Unfortunately, if we're being serious here, you've got to keep it real. As I've said numerous times on this podcast, you've got to keep it real. Um,
1: it'd be the name of your autobiography.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I like this track a lot. I think it's got a really good vibe to it. On top of that, um, and it is just kind of a little all over the place. It's not maybe not as focused lyrically as say "I Love You, Mary Jane," but I say I think that suffers from a little too much focus. So I think it it, it balances out in the end. And to me, again, like this almost feels like a bonus track in a way because it's like you've already got another Cypress Hill track on here, and you're like, "Hey, we did one more." And by the way, it's with fucking Pearl Jam, who at Which the time is
1: huge get
0: huge. yeah yeah uh no bigger like, in no bigger maybe nirvana
1: um, would have been the only bigger get
0: right and who yeah. would you
1: have paired nirvana with jeff
0: Ah, uh, mc 900 foot jesus and nirvana i think that's a i think that would work
1: I'm also gonna lump m c nine hundred foot Jesus in where I don't trust your tastes if that's your recommendation <laughs> of music yeah. for me i I like hip hop like m c nine hundred foot Jesus
0: <laughs> right, yes, oh, like, oh, you like hip hop music Huh. Oh, what do you what are you into? you'll oh, have more MC
1: credibility with me if you say you're into d c talk
0: I'll be like <laughs> I get it, all right, yeah, that's you're crazy, but okay, that's a crazy I can believe in. Really? no there was uh, yeah i don't know what what was the one mc900 foot jesus song if i only had a brain only, if i only had a brain i think that track is good for what it is and i don't i could not name any other mc900 foot jesus tracks but uh yeah. that song got a lot of play
1: well it was on beavis and butthead
0: okay man eh, that makes some sense
1: but i feel just, like i'm Yeah. You know, hmm. i feel like i probably heard
0: minutes. it before that yeah, it, yeah but i feel like we got some play before that but
1: Um, but speaking of which, so it's amazing that given all the, uh, talent involved in this, that like MTV barely had anything to do with it. There were music videos for Fallen, for Judgment Night, um, Mm -hmm. for Another Body Murdered, and there was an MTV news story about Ice-T and Slayer. I think there's a MTV, uh, like MTV Germany interview with Happy Walters that I found, Uh talking about the uh creation of this but yeah just nothing mtv had a live and loud concert with cypress hill and uh in fact oh my god you you have to check this out uh they do the performance that they did of the real thing on that did have uh stone and jeff from pearl jam that's mm-hmm. not online anymore but watching this live and loud concert it's got anthony kiedis and flea doing uh some ethnic stereotypes. And that's putting it in like a way that's very downplaying. Uh, It starts off with them as dressed as like Hasidic Jews um, and then just goes downhill from there. Cool. uh, Very cool. The wraparounds for this.
0: Listen, it was the 90s. It
1: was the 90s. Um,
0: People are dumb now, but people were dumb in a different way then. Yes. And it's all dumb. I'm not going to hand wave all that shit away by saying, hey, it was the 90s, but if you think about the music that was about to break by the mid to late nineties and think about just how stupid the culture was about to become oh, thats true. through new metal uh, up until kind of the rise of Eminem, like, and CKY and Jackass and, and all of the, like, it was this kind of final time in a sense for dudes to be dudes, dude, you know, and yes. right up until like what Woodstock 99 or something.
1: <laughs> and then it was like, You've gone too far.
0: You've gone too far. We need to make six
1: documentaries about it,
0: right? And, and yes, there with, was, there with was everybody
1: denying blame.
0: Yeah, it wasn't my fault. I don't know. It was muddy. And yeah, uh, um, but
1: no, I think uh, it's interesting. The MTV kind of abandoned this.
0: It's weird, you know, because I like to me, it becomes that starts to create this situation of just like, how did this soundtrack get the level of renown that it did then? Because that was something that, like, I want to say. You and I were into it. I think when we met, well, I, I know Ryan McDonald was into it. This this type of hard music is definitely is like fucking again. Some you go break some windows to this. Oh, he, type he, shit. he
1: if, if Fatal in Therapy. I mean, I'll message him now. It was probably his favorite track on the record.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but there, yeah, there's there's definitely like I I feel like we were into it, and I think when I, I've had conversations about it with other people who also find it to be this like incredibly like a relevant record at a very pivotal time in the culture. And, uh, you know, and so I, I just, I I just wonder like how, you know, like maybe that was the missing link is that you were subscribed to billboard and that's how we found out about it. Cause like, I was trying to find that out. Like, well, was it just like, was it a factor of like, this is the next house of pain. It's not just the, who's the man soundtrack with their one track on there or whatever. Like this is, you know, th- this is, okay, We're you know, we, we were we so desperate for anything more from House of Pain and to a lesser extent Cypress Hill that, like, this became a must-buy because of that? And we discovered, like, oh, shit, this whole record's incredible? Or I, I, I'm just, I'm having trouble kind of figuring out the context for how this fit or how this happened, I think, how we happened.
1: I mean, so I knew about it. And just on the, the concept, yeah. like, I bought this if i could have pre-ordered yeah. it i would have i, th- I think and i was checking i was like is this in yet when's this coming out yeah um this record only went gold mm-hmm. Five hundred thousand copies but to the right people man like, yeah
0: totally like i i look at this as like one of like this this is like one of the one of those kind of missing links again from like the you know everyone talks about the kind of the impact of walk this way or no sleep till brooklyn and all other stuff but that's like eighty shit. like this This is years after that. This is kind of the next phase of that. And I think if you're walking along that path to like, how did we get to rap rock? This is like that middle post that this is the missing link that I think makes all of that make sense.
1: Uh, Pearl Jam, one of their short-term drummers who played on this was selling his gold record. I can't see how much it went for, but I might have been on that. (laughs) <laughs> uh no uh yeah this was bought by the right people uh and i think th- this was probably one of those albums that just got dubbed to death yeah i get no radio play and in the bay area i mean i don't remember hearing a single track from this on the radio because i think oh
0: definitely not uh, well, like would one live more, 105 have maybe played you know like the alt rock station if, might if have picked two up two
1: years later this has been two years later um when format x was the thing remember when KOME? Like right. because they were playing Cypress Hill and they were playing, uh, right. uh, Alternative also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. If this came out two years later, this would have been huge.
0: But again if, again, if if this had come out two years later, Format X might not have existed because yeah, I think true. this this helped kind of bridge that gap. This is I I think you also probably put this on a timeline with like Check Your Head, yeah, and to a lesser extent, Ill Communication in terms of just like okay now the Beastie Boys are picking their instruments back up and and kind of making rockier records and they're touring with cypress hill and then you've got Lollapaloo, you've got ice Cube on Lollapalooza, like you, you've got all of these kind of touch points for how hip-hop and alt-rock or metal or or you know whatever kind of came together in a lot of different ways and i think all of those things for better or worse worse in a lot of cases is is how we get to limp biscuit yeah. how we get to lincoln park and corn like all of that sort of stuff.
1: Um, so there was a track that didn't make it on the record. Have you heard hmm. this? Rage Against I, the Machine and Tool.
0: Jesus, no. That's.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's it a fitting
0: pairing, but also...
1: Two on the nose, I think. Uh, too close to each other. Uh, but Can't Stop the Revolution. It's out there. I, I get the, the members talk about, well, we didn't really... It was a demo. We didn't really finish it. It's a little hmm. all over the place. It's it's okay, I, but I know there are some fans of that band, of both those bands that like love hearing them come together. I just think that it 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 would not have fit in as well.
0: On this. No, I, I, I you're you're probably I have not heard it, but you're you're probably right. When I think about what I when I think about Tool and my feelings on the band Tool, um, yeah, that's not necessarily something I would have been there for. Also, I I think Rage Against the Machine is already a band that personified. Yeah this concept on its own so you know they were already doing it um in a way that you know these bands had to come together to do it but like Rage was already a rap rock band they were already hip-hop they were already a hard 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 band um so yeah that that is that is kind of a weird fit but
1: yeah it's on YouTube uh encourage everyone to check it out just yeah how
0: uh... many different time signatures does it go through
1: little uh yeah Yeah. um so happy walters who had immortal records uh went Mm -hmm. on to also manage corn um incubus a lot of other bands in the evolution of uh the the fusion of styles tried to replicate the success of the judgment night soundtrack with the spawn soundtrack Mm -hmm. taking electronic and metal and mixing them together, and then the Blade Two soundtrack mixing together electronica and hip hop. I think the Blade Two soundtrack was a better, uh, more successful attempt to recreate the magic. Yeah, the Spawn
0: soundtrack didn't do anything for me at all. That was yeah. not. That was, was you know, well. Yeah, I, I have to go back and look at the track list for sure. But like that would that that did not make a blip at all. But I remember when I got my hands on the Blade Two soundtrack. I didn't even realize that the same mind was behind all three of these until about six months ago. I was yeah. just like idly looking up the judgment night soundtrack on Wikipedia. And we're like, Oh, it makes a ton of sense. Now that I think about it, That this was like kind of a trilogy of works from the same person trying to duplicate this. And yes, blade two, that sound, there's some good stuff on the blade two soundtrack. Yeah. Um, it doesn't reach the heights of the judgment night soundtrack and it is not like culturally as tapped in, if you will, uh, as this was then. But, um, but there's some stuff on there that I would, I would definitely go back to.
1: And Blade two integrates the soundtrack much better into the movie because the electronic music works very well. Whereas, uh, I mean, almost none of these songs really work in the context of the film judgment night, which is shocking. And when they're used, it's in short bits and pieces. And it just does. I mean, part of it too, is that, I mean, Dennis Leary is just still not really, Dennis Leary could give a menacing performance. It ain't in this, in, in this movie.
0: Right yeah um and and, you know like it's it's almost a shame because i think if you listen to this soundtrack and think about it as a movie soundtrack that's a movie i would like to see
1: (laughs) we're gonna buy the rights to remake judgment night and we're gonna base it entirely on the soundtrack this
0: yeah yes exactly yes it's it's not we're we're throwing out the entire script we're just using the name (laughs) and the
1: soundtrack. soundtrack
0: and then we are also separately as much as we're going to re-release this soundtrack as is we're also going to get new bands together and new rappers together. We've got we've got Lil Uzi Vert on the line.
1: Actually and no and here's what I think we do. I think we make it a musical with the songs from the soundtrack.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: And so the characters are performing the songs. Like this Yeah,
0: I mean, why yeah, and we and also Dennis Leary's in this one too.
1: Happy Walters is on Twitter and has like 5,000 followers and now is a sports management. He's actually got one of those agencies that does sports endorsement deals, I think. Okay. Uh, he has a story about Suge Knight in him and some other some other things that made him want to get out of the uh, music <laughs> business.
0: Yeah, it seems like that was going around in the 90s, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, not too active on Twitter or else I would have blown him up already with questions. <laughs> lots of questions about Judgment Night.
0: Right. Um, uh
1: which, which which people people on twitter must love when they get the glenn rubenstein tweet of i want to ask you now something very specific about something you did 30 years ago
0: right yes let's 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 do this twitter interview right here yes. i mean you know you got to do it while twitter's still there right you never know uh what's going to happen so yes. uh, get uh, it got out Denise- now
1: Denise Crosby to confirm she may that may have been her and Danny Aiello's response song to Papa Don't Preach called (laughs) Papa Just Wants the Best for You
0: that may have been her what she she didn't remember doing a day on a fucking music video set like
1: like, I did a lot of music videos back in the eighties okay and I sent her a picture and she was like you know what that might be me probably is (laughs) okay I didn't didn't know about this Danny Aiello song until a couple like a year ago and just it's Danny Aiello singing.
0: I don't know yeah. that I've ever heard it, but I, I feel like I knew it existed. I knew that like there was there was the Papa Don't Preach response song out there, but I just never I was like, that sounds like something I don't need to track down and, and listen it, oh, to. Oh, you need to
1: watch it. In the video he's punching a heavy bag because he's got the rage about his daughter getting pregnant. And then he mm-hmm. breaks down crying and he's hugging the heavy bag like he wants to hug his daughter.
0: Danny aiello has got range. He does. You know? And you can um, you can always count on him for that.
1: <laughs> um uh, but I don't know. So I mean we're like I said, we're getting a kick on uh, a head start on this kickoff for the 30th anniversary of judgment night yep. i wish there were more covers uh, i wh- what was that band from uh, hungary that i sent you that's covering fallen and english is, is it, not their native language
0: is it bill bull let me look here ball uh, bull bull, bull ball. ball
1: Bull ball covering fallen live in concert recommend checking that out as well and there's helmet still plays just another victim live they don't do the the rap and then house of pain Mm-hmm. Does the rap part from Just Another Victim live? Um, but oftentimes, and this remember when we almost went and saw House of Pain like five years ago at the Great American Music Hall, and then I sent you videos. I'm like, thank god we didn't go because they used different beats and they like had like blues rock playing. Like,
0: oh, geez. so they're
1: covering Just Another Victim now, and it's just like totally different. Last for I
0: you know, Everlast, Everlast's career is fascinating. I think you know the like he had his heart attack and then kind of came out the other side of it and you know started he, he did sure. fucking what it's like and put out his solo records and then La Coca Nostra happened and then suddenly he was hard again and it was like oh because
1: Eminem you know they, right
0: oh well, yeah the Eminem the thing I don't think he came out of that uh, I don't think M&M he came out M&M of ever. that beef uh, looking A- any M&M better M&M. yeah
1: Qu- quitter is one of the best yeah tracks ever
0: Yes, it's it's uh it's yes, it's phenomenal. Uh, Still good. And then I, you know, I yeah, I remember like I th- naming your fucking mixtape or record or whichever one it was. The audacity of dope, I think, <laughs> is fucking uh inspired. But I don't, I I don't know. Like I, I like Everlast. I think he's got a good voice and a good flow and all that sort of stuff. But I think a lot of those guys that are in La Cocoa nostra with him, like I'm, I'm not in really that into Sling or Ill Bill or and some of those other guys. It's like, eh um and so it's yeah. kind of a weird crew they were uh, didn't la coca Ostra form on television or something wasn't there some oh, kind of i don't remember i was it were they did they end up being part of one of those mc search fucking reality <laughs> shows or something you know like the uh, i forget but there was something i you know I, there was something around that but mc um, search
1: uh yeah if anyone has uh full-length episodes recorded of mc Search's short-lived talk show from like 10 years <laughs> ago please send oh, them man. my way because uh it's delightful. Uh, but no, Danny boy from house of pain now owns the outsider's house in Tulsa. Yeah. Really interesting guy to follow. Um, yeah. I'm very fascinated by what Danny boy has uh, done with his career. I think again, most, he is the most talented MC in house of pain and it's a shame that, <laughs> but maybe it's because we only did get smaller doses.
0: Right. You wonder if like, you know, cause the X supermodels, like those four tracks that came out, like one of them is good. And the other three, you're like, mm, okay. Well,
1: Everlast is, and this goes back to when he, he had the knack and was with uh, the syndicate Mm Everlast problem with hip hop is that Everlast has a lot of like 32 bar rhymes that could have been a really tight eight.
0: Yeah, but I think if, if we had a tightened up Everlast, you would not get lines like feeling like De Niro and taxi driver with (laughs) Jody Foster and Harvey Keitel the verbosity of everlast i think is why you get some of these things that almost sound like asides in the middle of a verse and you're like
1: what the i would just have to keep that if i was editing the song i would be like we're keeping that yeah this
0: is the yeah this is definitely keeping that part in of course but you know no, I, I think we're... like you know it's, it's because he he will just fucking go yeah that i think that you end up with with some of those some of those verses that he had um yeah it's uh, you know i i'm Everlast is a complicated figure, you know. I, I think in a, in a lot of ways, you know, <laughs> we'll do you know his his career is is really fucking weird. Because I, I, I like when What It's Like came out, I was like, that song's all right for what it is. Yeah. I'm not a huge, you know, it, it's fine. His little acoustic thing, but then he like that took off and he kept going with it for a while. And you're like, yeah. oh, this is fucking ter- what the fuck is going on? And so then you've got like his fucking acoustic version of Jump Around. Like this is, makes you want to do the opposite of jump around. You have made huge. This is, you have taken the soul of this song and crushed it. to do soul crust to earth. Well, um,
1: do you think that much like Jim Carrey and every comedian looked at the career of Robin Williams and said, I need to follow that, that machine gun Kelly looked at Everlast's career and said, <laughs> this is the way.
0: Well, I mean, you know, yeah, because machine gun Kelly also got blown the fuck out by Eminem and had to change his whole style. Like, like he got fucking, you know, Eminem, I, we could talk another three hours about the fucking, the goods and bads of Eminem. Uh, but like, at least he fucking drove machine gun Kelly out the fucking game. I mean, granted now he's more popular than ever because he just fucking changed up his look and said, I'm going to make pop punk. Like that's, you look like you should be in jail for something. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, but you know, at least, uh, yeah. So yes, I guess in a sense, Everlast and, but I guess Everlast made the change before Eminem came for him or he came for him or whatever ended up happening there. Um, so, you know, that, that is the, the subtle difference is the Machine Gun Kelly basically couldn't fucking make rap music after what happened to him. was <laughs> like, no, you're done, done. This is like, yeah, this is like what happened to Jaw Rule in a slightly different way, but way worse. Um, but I'm, I wonder if like if there's a part of him that lies there in bed at night and goes, you know what? Having Eminem really fucked me up on the microphone. Best thing that ever happened to me. I'm making more money now. Like I'm, I'm more popular now than I ever would have been as a hip hop artist. I'm, uh, way too old to be dressing like this and, uh, and you know, for this pop punk revival, but here we are, uh, uh, yeah i don't know he owes his this facet of his this part of his career to eminem i guess yeah, yeah. well there you have it <sighs> yep uh the judgment soundtrack is in stores now <laughs>
1: got reissued on vinyl for record store day a few oh that's
0: ago. neat yeah so yeah. that's like one of those things it's like like it, it clearly has a lasting impact It clearly like there are people that are checking for it there are people that like remember it as a as a Valuable thing from that time, and 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 all that—that that it is kind of getting those sorts of treatments. I guess a lot of bullshit gets reissued on vinyl, so maybe that's not as important as it seems. But like, I don't know. For something that seems like it's—it's like here's a movie soundtrack to an utterly forgettable movie. The idea that this thing has, uh, has lingered around—that I, you know, like over the last year, I feel like I've had two conversations about it just pop up randomly. Yeah. In in ways that you'd be like, well, I don't. It's weird. You know that doesn't happen for a lot of music out there. So I think it touched a lot of people and, uh, and made a mark on a lot of people. I don't, you know, I, I I can't say for sure, but I don't think if, if that, if that hadn't come out, I don't know that we would have started rapping there for the few years that we were at it. Um, it's
1: definitely part of the formula. Definitely part of the equation. Yeah. Decent part of it. Um, certainly the band part,
0: right? Yes. Uh, but even still, I think, you know, without the, without some of those verses out there and stuff like that, like, I, I don't know that I would have been as inclined. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, it, it's, it's not quite a, a situation of like everyone who bought that went and started a band. But you, you when you see where the culture went in the years ratio. following this ratio yeah.
1: is higher than significantly yeah. higher.
0: Right. Like, like this kind of did pave the way for a lot of fucking weird shit to happen, uh, in the years that followed good and bad. Boy. Yes. What are you going to do? Cool. That's going to do it for this bonus episode. Technically a bonus episode of Game Boys to Men, which you can, uh, you know, we've, we've been going through the 90s uh, talking about the rise of Sega and the popularity of Mortal Kombat and a lot of these things that we were there to kind of see as we were kind of getting our feet wet in the game, as it were. Um, and you can get that on Patreon over at patreon.com slash Jeff Gerstmann. Uh, if you want to know more about that or go to, uh, dopeassvideogames.com, that will also lead you there. And, uh, you can find, I believe the conversations about the judgment night soundtrack that led to us realizing we needed to do this as a separate episode, if only to get it out of our systems. Um, and of course, uh, yeah, thanks everybody. I hope you have a, a good holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you're, whatever you're into out there. And, uh, some good... dubious we're thinking about you, please yes. hit us up. Yeah, Sun Dubious. Sun Dubious, we are always, Sundubi, yes. always, Sundubi, always, always on my mind. That's what that song was about. I don't know if you know that. A lot of people don't. We'll be back next year. Uh, we'll be back even sooner than next year, maybe with yeah. another episode of, of Game Boys to Men. Uh, of course, over on the Patreon. Again, dopeassvideogames.com. We'll get you there. So head on over there and uh, read more about it. We'll see you then. Nice. Bye.